you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And Robin's son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing episode number 8. I am Peter Wilco Wilkinson. Uh, if you in the Discord, I'm Wilco. If I'm everywhere else, I'm Peter Wilkinson. So thank you for joining us again for episode number 8. This is flying along. I'm joined tonight again by Braden Martin. How are you going, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Another busy week and feels like we were just here a couple of nights ago recording and we're already back again. Well, that's the thing. For people who don't know behind the curtain, I've pretty much been recording things and editing things and doing stuff all week. So it pretty much feels like we haven't stopped. Um, this is yeah becoming a very full-on job, but that's okay. I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. And the feedback we're getting from you guys is amazing. And that's why we keep on going. So thank you so much to all those who have reached out, uh, especially since the Jamie Skeller interview. Uh, it was really, really good. And we've actually picked up a really significant guest out of that interview. So um, I'm happy to talk about that fairly soon when we, we lock it all down. But looking forward to bringing some big names to you over the coming weeks and months. Uh, so yeah, definitely everyone, thank you. Thank you who reached out to... Um, basically helping us with getting results for, for more series out there rather than just the ones we've been covering. So look out for a few more results in there. Uh, we're going to be a bit more concise with the results as well tonight because of we're trying to cover a few more things. So let us know how it goes. If you want us to go back to the long rambling stuff we were doing <laughs> on just a handful of series as we, we can, just give us some feedback and let us know how we're going. But Braden, mate, what have you been doing for the last week? Well, besides Aussie Car, that didn't happen. What else have you been doing this week? <laughs> it's funny how it doesn't matter what's going on. It seems like only one of us can have a decent week in Aussie Car, doesn't it? So, yeah, um, it. Can I be next week, please? Or this week? <laughs> be nice if we could just both have a good week. That would be nice. Uh, it would be good. Uh, just uh, usual stuff. Done some Skippy officials this week, um, which was at the deadly uh, Imola track. So... It's not really a track I actually feel that comfortable with, so I'm not really sure what it is about the track. Um, you know, it's drafty, but, you know, tracks like Watkins Glen and stuff like that are really drafty as well, and I'm able to race pretty well there. Um, I don't know. It just seems to take me a long time to get up to pace, and even though I'd done it before, I felt like I was still, you know, really lacking where I normally would be. Um, so I did a couple of races there that kind of went as, as expected, sort of mid-pack um, in the top split. Um, but I was, I was still off the pace by like about a second, uh, but managed to gain like 13 I rating or something uh, split between the two races. Um, I actually had both of those races had Josh in there, actually, uh, one of the locked on racing uh, guys that are running an Aussie car. And he came P2, both of them, I think, which was pretty impressive. Wow. Um, well done. Yeah. So he was driving really well. Um, I was in Discord with him uh, during the races, which was good fun, actually. Um so yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's just one of those tracks. It's it's so easy to get an off track, um, which isn't really that fun, especially when your uh, your SR is already <laughs> kind of teetering on the edge of two at the moment. So I think I'm like two point oh seven. So that's you know nerve wracking enough as it is. Um, but yeah, it's just really easy to get off tracks. So I don't know. You've done much racing there in the skippies. So I decided to finally do an official the other day and I'm like, oh, it's Imola. I haven't done Imola for a while. And then I went to, to start and it's gone, you need to purchase this continent. I'm like, Fuck, I haven't ever done Imola <laughs> oh, before. There you go. There so you go. I had to download it, did a quick practice session of that because uh, as we mentioned last week, we we're having the issues with the, the stuttering and we we're trying to 
basically I was just trying to try a few things out with people around me to see if I could fix that and it wasn't happening so we ended up working out discord overlay was was the culprit we, we stopped the discord overlay and we just got to learn whatever who's everyone's voice is so uh which is the crazy part but yeah. I did it a few laps. I didn't get very good times, and I don't think I stayed on the track at, at all. So, but I only put like five minutes into it. But yeah. it, I've, I think I've just watched it in a lot of videos from people, and that's where I think I've seen it. And and yeah, it, it's it's drafty, but then it's got those definitely the right almost the right angle turns in it, which yeah. sort of you've got to be very careful of. And, and and a few of them are blind, especially one of them where you, uh, towards the end where you, it goes right, but then it actually goes left. So you're watching the markers for the, what you think's a right-hand turn, but then it's actually the left-hand turn. And that's where I was going off a lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. I actually streamed both those races as well. So thanks to the few people that dropped past and um, had a chat while we were, well, while I was trying to survive Imola. Um, and then later in the afternoon, I was actually watching Donald uh, Savannah's stream <laughs> um, and he was having a race and, you know, I was laying there on the couch and I thought, oh, okay, I'll do one more race before I head out to the footy. Um, and I actually had really good race pace. I think I qualified like eighth or something, but was straight up to sixth or fifth and it was staying with them. Uh, and then the bloke in front of me, or there was, I was in a pack of three. The guy at the front of the pack got a slowdown coming out of, um, uh, what's the turn name? The double right-hander turn, Aqua Minerale, I think it is. Um, and, Nailed it, mate. <laughs> and um, he got a slowdown at the front, which meant the guy in the middle between us basically overtook him going into the chicane. Uh, but hit the uh, big sausage curbs or whatever they are too hard and spun right in front of me and I had nowhere to go and uh. drove straight into the side of him. Um, he got off with pretty much no damage <laughs> and I got off with a broken front left and ended up having to trudge my way back to the pits and get a fast repair. So I ended up, you know, plodding around at the back. So yeah, Imola, not that kind to me. I think I lost 39 I rating from that. So everything I gained <laughs> got taken away and some. Uh, so I shouldn't have got on. I should have just got myself organized for the football. And then I might have even been able to get a park closer to the bloody stadium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll love it. Um, but that wouldn't have got you ever so close to the 3,000, which is the average poor man's I rating that you're trying to strive for. <laughs> oh, yeah, ever so close. I'm just back under 2-2 <laughs> now, so... One day. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll get you there. Don't worry. We'll get you there. Um, anyway, look, uh, that's pretty much all we've been doing this week because it's been a crazy, crazy week. Jen, uh, practicing Aussie car, I guess that was the only th- other thing yeah. you've been up to, right? Yeah. Yeah, done. I actually put in a fair bit of practice. I shouldn't say that, actually, because now when I go horrible, <laughs> when I go horrible tomorrow, I can't use it as an excuse. But yeah, no, I did about 70-odd laps the last couple of nights um, between the two sessions i guess the other thing i did do was watched a bit of motorsport on the weekend with both the v8s on again and uh formula one as well so um yeah the v8s was pretty good uh at the uh, hometown track down in tail bend yeah well, when i say hometown you know it's about an hour hour and a half away but it's in the same state it's in the in the vicinity um and also i guess uh, i guess we'll do we bring it up now or do we talk about it in the news about tail uh, about tail bend Oh, do do we? Is it a is it official? Official? Should we talk about it? That's the thing. All right, we'll leave it for now. We'll leave rumors as rumors. Um, yeah. And then yeah, the Formula One, which was I don't know, it was an okay race, but you know, it's just I'm just sick of Hamilton winning. I'm just so over it. It looked like there was going to be a battle, and then they just pull the pit stop, and it's yeah, it's just too good. But the, the the crazy thing that had me right 
is Max and Hamilton just must be so much better than everyone else because three yeah. laps in, they're like nine seconds up on the field. <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's just insane. And you know Perez and Bottas are driving around in the same cars and they got nothing. <laughs> they got nothing for them. Yeah, it it's such a weird concept. Like that they look like they're all basically identical, uh, and underneath the hood, you know they're not. Yeah, and you know even in within the teams. They they are definitely one hundred percent putting more money into one car than the other, but yeah, you, you just look at it and you go, that, "How can it be physically that much quicker? How can you let a car like there be that little parity between even teams, let alone the actual the rest of the field?" It's just a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit meh at the moment. And look, V 8s put on a a pretty good show, having three yeah. different winners over the three different rounds, and not having to use the whole soft hard shitty tire thing that they tried to do last year to get that it was actually yeah. three actual different winners which is really good to see and some um, and some really like i don't know people seem to have a really big hatred for taylor bend i haven't probably watched enough racing there to know if the racing's been exciting or not but i thought the racing wasn't too bad yeah I, it, it's an interesting one because it's with that track the tires seem to be the biggest issue there and it's because you're always turning really hard. Like the the, the turns are long and fast. Yeah, there's that triple right hand. And there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of right handers compared to how many left hands there is. So those that right hand side just gets a pounding. But yeah. um, did you see? I don't mind. Did you see the big crash at the start of the Porsche Cup uh, race? No, I missed the Porsche oh, Cup. No. It was literally watching it like watching a Porsche Cup uh, GT3. Uh, I racing start <laughs> like legitimately well, what... cars turning into each other on the straight and just a, a whole field pile up before they basically get to turn one. <laughs> well, that was my comment in the the messenger chat. I was in when they said, "Did you watch the start to race?" Sue, I quickly chucked it on and caught the replay, and um, yeah, that was that was chaos. And I went, "That looks like top split from oh, like from somewhere or other." Yeah, and. Yeah, there was just cars going everywhere and cars didn't take out. Big effort, though, from Water's team to get almost get that car back out on the track. But yeah. um, the interesting one was, remember Nuremberg Ring, how I got the disqualification sort of thing? I I would have finished seventh and got the toe to the pits and didn't get the checkered flag, so mm. I'd end up getting back of the field. That's what happened to Fabian Coulthard on the weekend mm. where he had to go in for to get the tyre changed and the race finished while I was in there, so he got a <laughs> DNF. Not even a... Not even a back of the field, just a straight DNF zero points. Yeah. Well, come on, check that rule. Pretty rough. Yeah. Did you see the um the Ute that went around the old the wrong track? Oh, don't even get me started on those Utes though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did see that, but how horrific are those things to look at? Like they should not be on a racetrack. I'm sorry, whoever approved that as the super <laughs> super V8 Utes or whatever they're trying to pass it off as. Oh, I was not happy when I saw those things trundle out through the pits. Yeah, they sound pretty good though. I do admit yeah. I do like the sound and the and the and the the fire coming out of the exhaust was pretty fun. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We uh, actually, so we're not doing real racing anymore. Let's go back to uh, the fun <laughs> stuff. So, uh, we had the pleasure of chatting to one Edward Foster the uh, just a few days ago, maybe about a week ago now, and um, have a chat to him about Anne's car and all of the other stuff. So. This is the pre-recorded interview for the man who's currently sitting in fourth in the Anne's Car Thunder, as I'm watching it right now. So go check out the new Anne's Car Thunder series with the Xfinity cars doing 150 laps uh, around. I can't even work out where they're around at the moment, but um, go check it out. He's he's doing a good job. Brent Hobson is currently leading the race, which is... Uh, 
Gee, not unlike him, but uh, yeah, Micklemore's up there in second. Skurlock's way back down the back of the field. I don't even know if he's started. It doesn't look like he has. Um, but yeah, Hobson leads Micklemore over Hamish Gallagher and then Foster sitting in fourth. So good, good on him. But here is the interview with Edward Foster. And welcome, Edward Foster, to the podcast, mate. How are you going tonight? Uh, going pretty good. Um, just learning some things about how to set up audio, which is uh, which is uh, which is nice. Uh, I've really done uh, done too too much anything like what you guys are doing before, so it's all sort of new to me. Mate, when, when the only way we can we can interact with our audience is audio. I, I look I, honestly. I said to Braden from the start, and I've said there were a lot of people in our locked on those Discord. If you're going to do any kind of streaming or anything like that, the audio is the most important part because that's the main interaction you get with people. So get it right from the start. So I'm glad you're enjoying it and learning stuff. So for those behind the scenes, we are recording and um, pre-recording this. So the stuff that might happen in the next week since till we drop this, but who knows, who cares? But tonight we've got Edward Foster. Welcome, mate. Um, Braden is also here to join in and fill in the gaps when I make a stuff up uh, or ask the really important hard-hitting questions for you, Edward. So be prepared for those <laughs> ones. But let's start, mate. Who is Edward Foster? Who is he? Uh, well, yeah. as far as sim racing goes, he's the guy who's uh, one of the guys who runs Anscar, um, the Stock Car Racing League, and a um, bit of driving as well here and there, <laughs> as much as just I can get in. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. But uh, yeah, there's there's not really a whole lot to uh, to to know other than that, I suppose, unless you're <laughs> looking for outside of sim racing stuff. But sim racing-wise, that's pretty much it. I only really do uh, iRacing at the moment. Um Started out, you know, way back in the days of the old, uh, I think the first, oh, I don't even know where you'd, I guess the line for where everybody defines the crossover from racing games to Sims a little bit different, but first racing game I ever played was Accolade Grand Prix, F1 Grand Prix back in, oh, I think it was released in like 1988 or something like that, so <laughs> it's it's uh, it's come a long way. Some people still uh, don't want been. to believe there's a crossover between games and Sims, so... <laughs> I think the line's line's different for everyone, yeah. I think. So you mentioned Anscar. We obviously cover a fair bit of Anscar on the podcast. Who who else runs Anscar with yourself? Uh, Daniel Grzeskovic, which uh, we call him Danny G, just yeah. for convenience. So do we. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Matt Hunter, uh, who run it with us. Um, so there's been a few admins sort of come and go over the years, but uh, they're the ones that are uh, here with us now. And uh, yeah, we're all running it together. And how long has Anne's car been going for? Uh, Janu- uh, sorry, August 2017 we started. Um, so we were actually born out of uh, OSR, actually used to run a oh, really? Thursday night truck series. Uh, Jay Kennedy yep. used to run that. And uh, after, a while, he... <laughs> <laughs> after a while, he... After a while, yeah, I mean, it got to the stage where a lot of people were jumping in and the racing was messy. And of course, he's got other priorities and things. And, and uh, he basically said, look... It's there for anybody who wants to take it over. Um, yep. And uh, there was a, a guy who was running in the series with me at the time, Roger Clark, and he put his hand up to take it over. And I basically sent Roger a message and say, hey, look, you know, if you're taking it over, I've got some ideas on uh, what we can do with it. And it was born there. Okay. Uh, so what was the first, can you remember all the way back when, what the first race you set up under Ant's car? I can't remember what the first race was. It was a truck race because we just carried on. In those days, we only ran the truck series. So yeah. Um, it was definitely a truck race, and I'd have to go back. It was actually broadcast on Double R TV. If you um, if you remember, Bernie Weemers used to run Double R TV broadcaster back then, and 
uh, he kind of joined up with us at the start. So the very first race we had was broadcast, and we're all kind of learning on the fly and <laughs> and uh, and everything. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was um, it was good. It's funny. I, I actually I should remember where it was because I did go back and have a quick look at it the other day just for nostalgia's sake. And um, you know, some of the names that were around then, you kind of yeah, oh, yeah, I remember him. You know, I forgot that and all the rest of it. Um, so. Yeah, it seems a long time ago now, and I guess four years in sim racing is a long time. So it definitely is. So, you've what have you got currently in Anne's car? We just announced Thunder just recently, but give us a rundown of what you got going at the moment. Okay, so at the moment we've got the. I mean, the main series is the Cup. That's the big series. Yep. Um, that runs all year, and we've got the advantage in iRacing that we can actually follow the real life calendar because we've got all the tracks. You yep. know, we don't have to send guys off. It's not like running V8s at Interlagos, for example. You know, we have <laughs> we have all the tracks that NASCAR run on. And as soon as NASCAR announce a new track, boom, you know, we get it. So um, we we basically follow the real-life calendar um, start to finish. So the season starts in Daytona 500 with the Daytona Speed Weeks in February and goes all the way through to um, November. So that's a 36-round season with a chase and everything else. And uh, we've got the Thunder, obviously, just starting up. That's using the Xfinity cars. But, of course, we're not sponsored by Xfinity, so we call them Thunder, which is the old name that we used to uh, run under uh, when we first started up. And we've also got the Truck Series, um, which is a mainstay as well. Everybody loves driving those uh, trucks. So For those, and how, oh, yeah. I was say, for those who maybe aren't so uh, NASCAR uh, oval inclined, what, what exactly is the chase? How does that work in the series? Okay, so the way it works in the series is slightly... It's more like it used to work in real-life NASCAR a few years ago um, because the system that they run now is just sinfully complicated. You're like... <laughs> you, it's it's horrendous, and I want to be able to follow it. So essentially what happens is um, you run a normal points championship throughout what they call the regular season, which is the first 26 races. The last 10 races, the top 10 drivers are all sort of placed into their own championship, all placed one point apart, and in those final 10 races, you go for it, and uh, the winner at the end of that gets the title. Wow. Yeah, no, I've, I tried to follow it last year with um, with the the NASCAR stuff, and, yeah, no, I couldn't, get it. I couldn't understand it whatsoever. That sounds a lot, more, lot less complicated. I like your version. This is going to be good. Yeah, it was a lot better the way they used to run it. I mean, personally, <laughs> I'm a bit old school. I prefer the just normal points championship, but, you know. Yeah. Try, try to replicate it um, as close as we can. But, of course, there's always a bit of a uh, crossover between uh, or a little bit of a divergence, I should say, between what real li- what's good for real life and what's good for sim racing. And mm-hmm. you definitely need a point system people can actually understand without trying to award, award uh, playoff points, bonus points, knockouts, you know, all the rest of this stuff. So, um, yeah, we just decided to keep it simple. Definitely. Um, so... Obviously, we've we've talked to Ira before with Aussie Car. We're we're familiar with Aussie Car, which has very short, sharp seasons. There's not a lot of year-long seasons going around. I guess Scops is the other one that really does it that w- that we deal with. But what's the what's the bits involved in that? Like, how difficult is it running a season that's almost full year? Um, on the admin side, it's not too bad. You just kind of host the races every week, and there's not a lot of difference to. Uh, what you would have with a with a twelve week season, you know, you're just yeah. running races every week. Competing in it, on the other hand, <laughs> yes. is uh, man, it's I won't lie, it's a hard slog. If you're going for, I mean, most of the time you run a twelve week season somewhere, and then you might say, right, you know, a bit tired of that, I'll go off and I'll run something else. But if you're running for the Cup Championship in Anscar, 
it's it's thirty six weeks, man. Like it's thirty six. Yeah. Every now and again, you have a um, you have a drop, uh, an off week where you don't race. But most weeks, most Thursday nights, all the way through from February through to November, you are racing, and it's it's a long time. Do you, <laughs> it uh, and it definitely yeah it definitely takes it out of you by the end. Do you find that that's also part of the allure, but can also be it's a bit of a trade off as well? Like people might find it difficult not to stick to stay with the series if you know they have a few bad rounds at the start so then they go oh, well i'm not going to stick around for a whole year when i can't win or yeah look they might do that um but there's there's a couple of things to remember and that is number one all you've really got to do to get yourself into the chase is finishing that top 10 mm. um and so long as you manage to do that then you're going to be in with a good chance as good a chance as anybody else in that top 10 of, of taking it out um and secondly you know we are not looking to cater to the uh, I guess the the casual observer in that in that particular series that is for NASCAR fans. Yeah. We want NASCAR fans to enjoy it, and people who understand NASCAR. Those are the people that we want to attract, and the people that understand it and they like driving those cars. They want to run a full season, and so yeah, that's what we do. And it's it's been um, it's been really good so far. I think that's a good now, idea as well because part of the difficulty I think from what I've seen is running a league is getting the right people in the league so you don't really want those people who are just in and to have a bash and a crash and realize oh well it's not a not a big problem for me I'll go move on Um, because there are people there that really want to participate and like you said stick it out for the whole time so I guess it kind of weeds out those people a little bit yeah it certainly does I mean those those people are not the people we're trying to attract you you'll notice that we don't do a lot of promotion in terms of uh, trying to recruit people off other sim racing pages and things like that. I mean, I'm not honestly, I'm not even on any sim racing pages at all. Um, so I'm not, you know, the first I heard of Aussie cars when I started listening to your podcast, I never knew, even knew about it. Um, so I, I don't really follow that. We don't promote Anne's car out there. We're quite happy for it to grow by word of mouth and attract the people that are NASCAR fans, as I say. And people who understand it, you know, there are so many little differences between the way that uh, stock car racing works and, and say, something like V8 supercars or GT racing and so on. The culture's entirely different, the rules are different, and all the rest of it. And if you're trying to educate people from the ground up, it's, it's something that takes a lot of time and a lot of adjustment for somebody. You know, the, the number of people that come in and they're like, oh, I just turned in anyway because he wasn't up to my B pillar. It's just like, man, on an oval, that's not a thing. <laughs> no. That's not a thing. If a guy's got an inch of overlap on you and you turn down, you wind up eating concrete and that's on you. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I do love, I, I dabble in the old uh, turning left every now and then, but when we get to a a road track and then the blue flags come out, I, I do laugh hearing the chat of what's what's this blue flag mean and things like that. <laughs> they're, they're definitely a different breed, the old NASCAR drivers. Yeah, um, definitely. So you've obviously attracted a really good following. You've got some good teams driving in it as well. How, has this same group been going with you for the four years or you've, you've found it slowly growing from different areas and finding people coming from un, unforeseen areas? Um, I mean, I don't obviously know where everybody comes from because I don't get into that conversation yeah. with them a lot of the time, but certainly there's been a core group that's been there for almost since the very beginning. And we've built up a really good, strong core that if all the part-timers were to suddenly vanish, the, the, the series could continue very healthily just on that core of people. 
Um, most of them have been around for years and even some which have only arrived in the last 12 months or 18 months or so are starting to become regulars now and, and, uh, and, and are there every single week and will run multiple races a week. They don't just stick to the cup. They'll run whatever we run. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have a core like that that you know is going to be there for you every week and you're not going to show up with a broadcaster and a race and everything and three cars show up because that would be a disaster. <laughs> so. Yes, definitely would be. Uh, so when you get people like Skurlock running around and winning everything, how does the rest of the bloody field feel after that? Oh, give me a break. Winning everything. He's had a good patch. He has that right? I reckon Josh Elite... Micklemore. I reckon Josh Micklemore, who's leading the cup championship at the moment, might have he... something to say about Skirlock's no, domination. He... <laughs> <laughs> no, he... Micklemore has been driving really well, and well done to Steve Williams as well. Obviously, with the truck season, um, that was taking awesome. that one out. Yeah, that was awesome. Like Steve's one of those guys who's been there since the beginning, and he's always um, he's just one of those good guys. You know, everyone enjoys racing with. He's very, very rarely in any dust ups. He just gets in there, drives the car and, and does a good job. And he's been racing for a long time and he managed to just put a really good season together and get that championship. And he was, nobody was upset with that. You know, everybody was happy to see him win that. So, yeah. Yeah, it um, wasn't like he was winning every race either. He proved exactly what you need to do, which is finish top five every single race or, or close to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can even get away with worse finishes than that if the yeah. rest of the field is mixed up too. But yeah, he did a really good job. If you, I think he only won the one race, but he was there. He was central to the action every single race as far as I saw. So um, yeah, he did a great job. And how, how's it like dealing with personalities like Ryan Jones? Do you have to keep him under wraps a bit or what? <laughs> Oh, that, that's, uh, that's a timely one. Um, yeah, look, <laughs> yeah, look, Ryan's uh, one of the personalities in there for sure. There are a few guys with, uh, with, with some personalities. Um, but, you know, the rules apply and, and uh, that's it. But we don't have, I wouldn't say we have too much trouble on the track with Ryan Jones. He likes a chat, but um, no, certainly, well, certainly uh, he's fine. I was going to bring that up because uh, his version of events was get him out of the car and put him in the commentary box before he did any more damage. So, <laughs> uh, Well, he actually, if I remember this rightly, and this was a good couple of years ago, he got a little bit emotional about getting uh, contacted by somebody on the track and decided that he was going to uh, get retribution in the most blatant possible way. <laughs> and uh, as a result of that, found himself with a ban. And he decided, hey, you know, I don't stop talking anyway. I may as well do it on a microphone. <laughs> and uh, wound up and he did a bit of commentary for us. And then, of course, he went over to, uh, I think, is he doing Sim Speed now? Yeah, he's he's over Speed. Sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so he went over there and he seems to be uh, seems to be enjoying it. So. so it was a community service, really. Oh, look, I don't know. We just apply the rules, I think. <laughs> maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was Destiny, not sure. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so... Look, you got the trucks going. How good was that season um, for starters? But how excited are you for Thunder coming up? Uh, very. It's really good because obviously there are three big NASCAR series, the Cup, the Xfinity, and the trucks. And we've had that gap there with not running those B-class, what's known in iRacing as the B-car, but the, yeah. the Xfinity car. Uh, we haven't run that for a while because we are actually running uh, mid-season, oh, no, early in the season, we are running an ARCA championship to try and help educate some of the brand new guys to the league, just how it all works. 
So we're running that, and now obviously the gap has opened up that that series is finished and we're bringing the Xfinity in. So, I mean, those cars are really good. Low aero. Uh, they don't run any of this high aero nonsense you see on the cup cars. <laughs> so they move around a lot. You've got to be really good with the throttle, and, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're really good fun. Yeah, definitely. That, that's what I've been driving when I've been doing iRacing officials at the moment. So I'm looking forward to watching some actually good drivers get around in them. Um, so back to the broadcasters for a sec. How, how does Anscar go about finding the right broadcaster to fit the series? Um, look, it's it's. I don't think it's. I mean, there are a lot of broadcasters out there, and there are you know, there are ones that are very very good. I mean, the standard across Australia, I think, is pretty high. Uh, we started out with Double R T V and we had a good time with them and that was even when we were just starting out. Like we, we didn't really know anything about working with a broadcaster. We certainly didn't know anything about uh, even running leagues. You know, we were, we were just running on the fly trying to figure out how to host these races and, and make it so they were, you know, the right lap number and stuff. So, But uh, yeah, obviously we've been through them and now we're with, uh, with FGM. Uh, we broadcasted ourselves for a while a little bit as well uh, when we were just trying to... Uh, do something a little bit different, not rely on anyone else. And now we've got FGM Ecast doing it, who've been great. You know, they're right behind us and they do a lot of uh, promotion and um, and I guess building up the hype before each race and so on. And they, they've they been sort of going the extra mile for us. So it's been really good so far. Yep. So and one of the things with Aussie Car we've noticed over the last couple of weeks, including us, is the explosion of the team side of Aussie Car, which is something Ira never really pushed to be started. Now, I know Anne's Car has got very team focused as well. Um, with Crank and with Mac Mark One um, and a few others. Yeah, have, is that something Mark you guys are, Is that something you guys have promoted internally to try and get people to do, or is that just uh, naturally happened? Not at all. It just kind of happened on its own. Um, personally, I, I I don't really like teams so much in racing. I like it yeah. to be everybody for themselves. Um, I think in stock cars, it's it's really good to be that way because in real life, you know, the teammates race each other just as hard, you know, they'll bang yeah. panels and everything else. Um, and of course, when you get teams involved, there always is this temptation to, to sort of, uh, I mean, I think I heard you guys last week talking about a skippy race where they had like yeah. six team cars at the front block in the track or something like this. Like, yeah, not for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, but it's just something that sort of happened organically. Um, but yeah. yeah, most, most of the teammates still race each other pretty hard. It's not, uh, you don't get too many scenarios of, of sort of team on team ganging up on each other and so on. So it's it's not too much of a problem. Um, but no, we in answer direct answer to your question, no, we haven't gone out and deliberately okay. tried to tried to source that. It's just happened. Yeah, that's good to see. Um, so what have we got up for Thunder? So this will be launching the first night of Thunder. So what what do people expect in the in the first few rounds? What have we got lined up for Thunder? Uh, in terms of tracks. Yes. Or, okay. So, in terms of the tracks, I think the first one we're actually going to, and I'd have to get my calendar open here. I can tell you. Um, Is that Dover? I should have really has had this stuff memorised. I think it starts starting off with Dover, um, and then we are off to. If I can find it, you put me on the spot here. I don't even know. Yeah. Sorry. This is what <laughs> this is how podcasting goes when you're with us. You know yeah, what's yeah, going to happen. No, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. I'll just look it up. Um, so yeah, it's it's off to Dover first, and then Circuit of the Americas. So we're off to a road course there. Um, and then we've got Charlotte, Chicago Land, Texas, and uh, Nashville. First and round. how long are the races that you're looking at for Thunder Series? Uh, look, they're, they're aimed to go. I mean, if they all run for if they all run green the entire way, they'll be over in probably just over an hour, or maybe with one, one or two cautions or so. Um, sometimes you might get a race with more cautions than that. It might go a little bit longer. So um, it's it's I guess it's kind of 
down to that. And what have you got lined up for the truck series? When does it come back? Well, the truck series actually comes back in the same week. So that's going okay. to come back uh, Monday. I guess we're recording now on the 3rd. So Monday um, Monday next week. Yep. So that will be where are we? We're running um, Pocono first up in the trucks, and we're off to. Ooh, we, yeah, we've, okay. got a, we've got a. We've got a. Yeah, Pocono's a divisive. Um, uh, then we've got a dirt race at Knoxville. Ooh, nice. And then we're off to Watkins Glen, and then we've got Gateway, Chicago Land, and then Talladega, and those are the first few rounds. Oh, of Talladega! I, I'm interested to see that one. Uh, so, what was it like with uh, obviously um, iRacing getting into the whole dirt? NASCAR set up with Bristol what was it like when you saw that coming on board well we had an inkling that it was going to come anyway because we saw the NASCAR calendar get published yeah. last year and, and they obviously did that for real so as soon as we saw that and knowing the relationship that iRacing has with NASCAR we're like well this is obviously we're going to get this and so we weren't that surprised to see it come out a couple of weeks prior um, It's and yeah, for someone like me who hasn't done a lot of dirt I mean we've got some really good dirt drivers in Ansgar um, because there is quite a lot of crossover even in the real world between guys who run dirt and guys who run pavement and uh, so we've got a lot of real really good dirt guys there you know James Robbie Devin Stove Josh Micklemore guys like that run dirt all the time and I know nothing about dirt <laughs> so we saw that coming along and all the rest of it and then uh, we're just like how on earth are we going to be running cup cars around here this is going to be uh, crazy, but we managed it somehow. It was an adventure, um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's it, it's a very very weird feeling. I mean, imagine if you guys run the skippies. Imagine taking those out to a to a dirt track and running around. It's like that yep. if the skippy weighed three times. As much. <laughs> We've asked. <laughs> hey, the way Braden drives, he drives it on the dirt anyway, so it's all good. You know, exactly how it was. Yeah, recently. <laughs> Um, they they got radial tires anyway, so I've heard they actually track better on dirt than uh, the, than anywhere else, which is interesting to see. But we're, we've actually got a speedway uh, race coming up uh, at USA Speedway, I think it is, okay. in round four. Yep. So that's going to be interesting enough. And hopefully, Naira takes the next step and puts it on dirt. But yeah, I was, I was very interested to watch yeah, the cups and the, the trucks on dirt, so it was very good to see. One thing that came out of it, though, how do you guys go managing, I guess, with NASCAR, especially the broadcasting side of it, and racing in particular, is the yellow flags. Obviously, you don't want too many of them, but you do want enough to bring the action back at the end. How do you guys go managing that? Oh, look, it is, it's a balancing act. It's probably a... Um, well, it's definitely an issue that most people who would run leagues on the roadside, they're not familiar with, because mm-hmm. if you if you get a couple of peanuts out there at the back of the grid that take each other out a couple of times, then nobody else really cares. It's just those guys bleeding each other on the radio. But um, in in our racing, of course, it brings the whole race back under caution. And yeah, it's a problem. So we've got to do what we can do to keep the races as clean as possible. Um, one or two cautions isn't too bad, three. But once you start getting up around, you know, the sort of seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven range, there's a problem. So um, generally, the, the trucks are not too bad because they are quite easy to drive. So you're not, unless the setup's quite loose, you're not going to break the tail out in one of those. It doesn't take a lot of finesse to get a truck around. Um, the Xfinity cars and the Cup cars, definitely, it's, uh, it's, it's a concern. So one of the things that we do is, first of all, we limit the field sizes because you know we've we've been keeping a lot of data on this since day one, 
about what is the best way to keep these races going and keep them running green as much as possible. And we found that around about 30 cars is the most you can have before it starts to get too messy. Now, whether or not that is a result of the number of people, the number of competent people out there is only at around about 30 <laughs> or perhaps, you know, people start to get, people start to get a little bit uh, antsy when they get further back beyond that. I mean, if you put 200 cars on a track together, there's going to be a lot of wrecks. If you put one yeah. car on the track on its own, there's hardly going to be any. There's a sweet spot in there somewhere. And we yeah. found that that's around about 30 cars. And we find when we run fields of that size, generally the races are quite clean. Um, and of course, we've got rules and so on to uh, to police the rest of it. Clearly, haven't seen okay. Peter in a solo practice session to make that statement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on, come on! I've got a truck car painted up, ready to go. Actually, so I'll, I'll, I'm definitely practicing. But I just, yeah. What? What? Let's explain to people if they're just getting in now. What, what nights have you got Anne's car on at this stage? Uh, well, starting up next week, which will be this week by the time this goes out, um, yes. we've got uh, Monday trucks, Wednesday uh, Thunder, and Thursday is a cup. Yeah, definitely. So if you want to check them out, FGM Ecast is definitely the place to grab it or check your Facebook page, Ian's card, to get all that latest details. But let's get on to Edward Foster as the driver himself because you are oh, a competent Lord. driver. You ran, you won Ian's car cup last year. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did did take that last year, so that was pretty cool. Congratulations! How, how honestly, how much practice do you put in for each round of an Anne's Car Cup series? Um, for that one, coming into the yeah. end of it, the chase uh, is a very, very intense period, and I'll, I, I won't lie, it was between six and seven hours and around about six hundred laps of each one of those tracks to oh, yeah. um, to get that done in the chase. You can't do well. I don't know about other guys, but I can't do that all year. No. <laughs> um, you, you just go stir crazy. So um, at the moment, it's it's not quite as much. Although maybe I need to do a bit more because I'm having the worst season <laughs> of all time. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, certainly towards the end of that year. Um, where in the the chase format itself is designed to make the championship fight very intense, and it certainly it certainly does. It's a very tough ten weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, did- you went okay in trucks though this season, did I? On a couple of races that you jumped in on, I only did the one, um, and and it turned out okay. So, <laughs> I, so I'm kind of like uh, kind of like Michael Slater's bowling career, you know, got the best figure in history and then just left. So it could never be. <laughs> but, uh, I think uh, I think Andrew Dyson did two races and he won them both too. So um, so yeah, he's, he's beat me there. But yeah, yeah, it was okay. Jumped out for Darlington. We didn't have a cup race that week because normally we yeah. would. Um, practice on the monday night uh we, you know just get the get the guys together and we have a bit of a practice but uh there wasn't a cup race that week so okay we'll jump in the truck and see how it goes and went okay so turning left is your favorite thing you do in i racing i assume um it's just kind of i'm not even sure it's just kind of where i fell um <laughs> yeah i enjoy it and there was definitely yeah. a, a gap there and i'm probably so devoted to it now just simply because of my roll with Ann's car I suppose and, and keeping that going and you sort of get immersed in, in that side of things and, and uh, you ju- you just kind of keep doing it and so yeah I mean I do I really enjoy it I really enjoy driving the stock cars and so on but I also enjoy driving um, uh, quite a bit of the historic uh, content in iRacing as well I love the Lotus 79 I love the Audi 90 the GTO I love the Nissan ZX-T um, so I love driving those anytime I can I like driving the Indy car so there's Loads of different things, but there's not enough nights in the week to, to know, drive. We're, we're finding so. that already as well. We only do one yeah. week. 
<laughs> yeah, it is the biggest problem. Like I said, I've got all these cars painted up. I've got a, a, a V8 done up the other day, and I'm just like, when am I going to try and get a chance to do that? It's, it's the world's worst problem. When did you get into iRacing? You mentioned right at the start, I guess. Um, I haven't been... I think I, I actually signed up in 2015. Uh, my brother got on, and he's... He's been pretty active on the roadside. He doesn't really get much involved in the community or the leagues or anything. He just jumps on and does official races, and he was with a team based in England for a while. Um, and he's you know, pretty pretty quick in, in most of that kind of stuff. And he was doing it, and he was kind of – he was liking it. And my PC wouldn't even run it like back in those <laughs> days. And he said, no, you've got to get on iRacing, and I've got this 200-year-old computer. I'm just like, mate, it won't, it won't run it. So anyway, just to get him off my back, I – signed up but i didn't actually play the thing for like the first year so that entire subscription went to waste it just kind of sat there and uh, <laughs> and i didn't do anything and then i finally upgraded the computer and got myself a wheel and everything like that and started uh belting around in mx5s and street stocks Ooh, the old mx5s we've got a friend in our discord that's just started to get back in the mx5 so i'm tempted to go back there do you go back to stuff like that every now and then just to have a bit of a kick i haven't driven the mx5 forever um, I think the last time I did that was my last race in rookies or something. Um, but the street stock, the 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 oval street stock, yep. uh, since they put the new tire model on it, is a very very enjoyable car, very fun. And uh, yeah, so every now and again, you know, we might even in Anne's car, we'll hold like a special race yep. or a couple of races where we'll uh, we'll grab the street stock out because everyone enjoys it. It's not too fast, so you can bang panels and not spin a guy out and. And everything else, and yeah, you can have really good time in those cars. So that's good. what I jumped in a few weeks back, just because I'm like, I really should start doing some more oval stuff, trying to understand it a little bit more, uh, as it's not something I've really ever watched or been a part of. And yeah, it's it's actually super fun. I've just noticed that I never have the tracks for the um, Arca series races because I'm only D class, yeah. so I'm always like, if if one of those pops up and I've got the right track, I, I'm trying my best to jump in and get a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good fun. All that that uh, really, it's like anything else. It depends on the crowd you get. I mean, if you're there trying to fight your way through rookies and you've got guys sending it in from ten car lengths back and everything, it's not so, not so much fun. But if you get a good group of guys out there and know what you're doing, short track racing is the best overall track racing you'll ever have. Um, it's just it's brilliant in any type of car. There is no such thing as a bad short track race if you've got a good field. Ah, now we've got a couple of audience questions coming in. I'm going to get back to one of them later because it refers to leagues, but we've just got a hot one off the press. Uh, Ryan Jones has, has emailed in straight away and he wants to he, know... He can't stay out of one episode, can he, Ryan? <laughs> he can't, no, no. He's, he's all about the publicity, but uh, he wants to know, why'd you cut me off at Martinsville? <laughs> <laughs> because, Ryan, I knew you were going to burn your tyres off. I didn't want to be stuck behind you. <laughs> Fair comment, fair comment. Uh, Hamish Gallagher's also come in and he wants to know, can you please update us on the current drafting abilities? Now, I know you've answered the short version of this, but um, how are your drafting abilities going? Well, I mean, the thing about Hamish is once he finds a joke that he likes, he sticks with it. Um, this this one's been going for over a year. Uh, but no, look, I mean, the correct answer is still no good. I mean, they brought in the, uh, the new drafting package as well on the super speedways for the cup cars and... Um, yeah, look, I, I, it's not it's not my uh, it's definitely not the strongest part of my skill set. I like to think it's uh, yeah, but uh, it, that that all comes about. That became a bit of a meme last year when I had uh, somebody taking pot shots at me in the comments throughout the Daytona 500. So 
uh, it just kind of got adopted and kept on from there. That's one thing that does blow my mind about the uh, NASCAR side of things is the the drafting. And I think I was watching a video on YouTube of, of um, is it Anthony Alfredo? And he was showing how the iRacing had implemented where you could get the draft off the wall um, up high. Yeah. I think it was at like yeah. Miami Homestead or something. Homestead. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. And I was just like, that's actually insane. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a common uh, thing, I guess, in real life NASCAR for quite a while is they will get up and run the wall and the, the cars really have to be. There are some drivers that are really good at it and some that aren't, aren't so much, but the guys who are really good at it, they can kind of get up and hold that car like an inch off the wall mm. and, and just blaze around the top and, and um, make some really good time that way. And there is an aerodynamic effect that sort of helps hold the car away from the wall. It's still, you know, really difficult to do. Um, but there is definitely an aerodynamic effect up there that can that uh, that sort of just builds up between the car and the wall, and quite often you'll you'll see guys uh, sort of talk about the fact that they'll actually enter the corner a little bit too fast. So all things being equal, they would actually graze the wall, but they kind of rely on that effect to um, to to keep them off. So now we've got that in iRacing too. Yeah, that is amazing. Um... I joked before about turning left all the time, but I, I do love watching the oval stuff where the strategy comes right into it. We mentioned tyre wear as well before. All that kind of stuff plays into it. Um, do you do many of the enduros, the special events on the, the oval side, where that is obviously a massive part of it? Um, look, I mean, tyre management and wear and everything like that is massive regardless because in a... In a stock car, you can have, depending on the track, and keep in mind these are 30-second laps normally, roughly, and you can lose two seconds a lap just in tyre wear in 20 laps. So you're talking 10 minutes. Been there. And you've lost... And you've lost two (laughs) seconds. Yeah, you've lost two seconds a lap. It can... You know, that's that's what it's like. So the point at which you decide to take tyres, especially if you've got limited sets, can make or break your race, and you're trying to predict whether or not another caution is going to come out. You can come out with the best strategy in the world and be on for a certain victory, and then the caution comes out at the wrong time and you're 25th, and that's just the way of it. So I don't do a lot of the official races just because, number one, net code is a deal over here when you're racing against Americans and you're on American server and you're all racing a couple of inches apart. You know, net code can be a problem, and also, you know, iRacing official is going to, be the way i racing officially is <laughs> so i prefer the league stuff personally i do a bit of it but not much um you what's your favorite you mentioned before darlington but is that one of your favorite tracks or what other favorite tracks have you got in i racing um indianapolis is my favorite track in the world um I, I love that place in anything um but yeah as far as the stock car track goes darlington's brilliant because it's uh it's there there's this they managed to squeeze so much uh, variety and nuance into such a such a comparatively small area so uh, yeah Darlington's really really good uh, Martinsville's really good and that's only half a mile around but again you know there's so much to learn about that that small track and uh, yeah so those would probably be the three um, on the roadside oh let's see I mean I think everybody likes Spa and so on um, which is which is reasonably fun I tell, I'm a bit weird I like the street tracks I like uh, Detroit yeah. and Long Beach and that kind of thing um I guess, you know, having grown up in Adelaide where the Grand Prix was on and we had a street track here, of course, for that. And, yeah, I just, I've just i always loved the street courses. 
yeah. And I was driving on a street track today in the Gold Coast, which was was just a, a little fun thing as well. So we just went down. I went, oh, just here somewhere. Then we're going down the back straight, and all of a sudden you can see where the chicanes were, and I'm just like, yeah, this is the place to be. Indy. Yeah, it was better before they shortened it, that track. Indy was on my yeah. list of tracks until round one of Aussie Car as well, so that's firmly off now. <laughs> <laughs> did you what, did you race the speedway or were you racing the road course? No, we had the one. We had the road course for race one, and then we had the bike course, the reverse way, um, for race two. Neither of which, yeah, neither of which are in my good books at the moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you found any extra interest in oval racing since Scotty started um, going over to Indy? Uh, Obviously, with really. his, his his success on the weekend, you might might not see it just yet. I guess. Yeah, I mean, not really, because I already followed it pretty closely. I, I love yeah. American motorsport in general. I love the the culture over there. I love the way they go about it. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, I follow NASCAR, I follow IndyCar, I follow INSA quite closely already. So it didn't increase my uh, my level of following, I suppose, or the intensity with which I follow it. But uh, yeah, certainly it was it was really really good to see him get the get the second place and and see how he gets on. I mean, we've already got an Aussie over there and a Kiwi, Scott Dixon, mm-hmm. is one of the best of all time um, in IndyCar. But of course, he never raced here first and built up that yeah. following that McLaughlin had. Mm-hmm. Um, I still find it amusing to uh, uh, see some of the comments that Scott uh, McLaughlin gets on Facebook when. You know, he's sitting there saying, oh, you know, it's really good to have uh, such and such. The Penske Chevy's going really well. And, you know, there's always some bogan at the bottom going, it's better when you're driving forward, <laughs> mate. You know, it's like, and you're sitting there going, mate, get, uh, get over it. Yeah. No one's turned, no, there isn't a racing driver in the world who's turning down Roger Penske in IndyCar because the engine's the wrong manufacturer. Shut up. And let's be honest, all those <laughs> yeah. cars are modified from an inch of their life to the point where they're not really what they say they are anyway, just about. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a standard Delara chassis, but it's, um, they, you know, those engines are bespoke racing engines. Yeah. You won't see anything like it in a road car. So they are built by Chevy and Honda in their entirety, but they are racing engines. Yeah. You won't, yeah, you won't see one under the Bonova Como anytime soon. <laughs> so we're going to see an Indy Anscar series coming up or what? Well, no, we, we, we stick to what we're sort of known for. I mean, we okay. we uh, spend a, oh, I guess, a fair bit of time forging our identity, and we do one thing, and we like the thing we do it quite well. Um, but there's, uh, I don't think there's going to be any any open wheel stuff coming up anytime soon. Um, but if somebody starts, uh, I know Weekend Warriors uh, looking yes. at starting up an indie league potentially. So um, if they do that, I will be, I'll be in that 100. <laughs> percent now, quickly, while well, I brought us back to Ann's car just quickly because I had this question I wanted to get in from J Mac. Um, he wanted to quickly just find out about uh, running leagues, basically. What were what some of the harder points to overcome, and how did you go setting up race control for the leagues? Um, well, yeah, you see, all right, so there's a couple of answers to this. So, <laughs> the, the, I mean, the, the difficult moments, of course, always come when you get when you get conflict and conflict is inevitable in competition. It's just going to happen. And I think the, the way that you deal with it, you need to be quite consistent and make sure that the rules are obvious, they're clear and, and everybody understands them. It's not going to stop the arguments. It's not going to stop people um, disagreeing with you. But at least if you're able to put out something that's relatively easy to understand and simple, at least then you can point to it and say, you know, this is this is how we run things and you, you can accept that or you can go. I think there are too many 
too many guys out there running leagues and so on that try to please everybody and they end up watering down what they want their own competitions to be in an effort to please everybody. And in the end, they wind up with something that pleases nothing. It's no one. And the, the any time that anybody comes to me, and they have done, especially when they go to start a, a stock car or later league, and there are a couple around at the moment, other than us. And quite often they'll come and ask for advice and say, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think about this? And the first thing I always tell them is decide what you want it to be and don't deviate from that because you're going to find that people fall into one of two camps. They're going to love what you do and they're going to stick with you or they're going to dislike what you do and they're going to leave and go somewhere else. And what you're left with is a group of people that love what you do. If you're consistently trying to change what you do all the time to suit everybody, you just end up watering down what the people who like what you're doing used to like about what you're doing. And, and, and then you lose those guys too and it all falls apart. So you can't, you can't be doing that. And you've also got to try, I think, and stay away from the idea that a league success is measured entirely by numbers of drivers because it's not about having huge numbers of drivers. It's not having a thousand guys show up trying to qualify every week. It's about attracting the, the people that subscribe to the way you do things. And that's why we go to such an effort to attract NASCAR fans, not not fans of V8 supercars, Formula One, anything else, who are going to want it run that way. We want NASCAR fans to come and race ANSCAR. And from a race control perspective, I think that a lot, where a lot of leagues fall down, and this is only my own personal opinion, is they go too far with the race control. They really do. They they seem to get bogged down in having overly large rule books with four or five guys sitting there doing live stewarding all the time. Whereas we try to minimise that as much as possible because every time you write a rule, you're giving yourself another decision to make or the stewards mm -hmm. another decision to make. And every time a steward makes a decision, he gets opened up for criticism. So if a steward's making 11, 12, 13, 20 decisions in a race, that's potentially 20 arguments that you're going to have. If you're making one or two decisions in a race or, or less, you know, none, everybody's getting on famously well. And you, you'll, you see, like, I mean, I've seen some of these road leagues that um, that decide on that you know they'll, they'll police their own track limits you know they'll have two stewards sitting there watching permanently for people breaking track limits why iRacing software does that yeah and you've got sports all around the world tennis football soccer everything trying to bring in electronic systems to help referee the matches or umpire the games because they want to take that human judgment call element out of it don't they yeah. so if you've got worldwide sports trying to do this, and yet in iRacing, we're lucky enough to have an automated system that will judge this stuff down to the pixel, and you've got, you, you, you've got stewards sitting there, you're putting it back in human hands and opening yourself up for inconsistency and arguments and human error and all the rest of this, why would you do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't the guys who are sitting there doing the stewarding, wouldn't they rather be on the track? Yeah, definitely. So, so, and you've got uh, you know guys sitting there giving out and giving out penalty. You, you know, 
you jump into, and I've done it a couple of times, I don't do it much, and you're no more than 30 seconds off the line. You know, green flag, boom, and off you go. And you're not 30 seconds down the road before you hear the magic eight, those magic eight words. Race control, can you look at that, please? <laughs> and it just carries on and on throughout the first lap, and then someone gets a penalty and there's an argument, and it just carries on. It's disastrous. <laughs> like you, you just you can't and, and you can't even turn, turn voice chat off because they've got a rule saying that you have to have it on so you can hear race control. <laughs> so you're just constantly listening to all this nonsense while you try to go around. I can't handle it. I've got, I can't handle it. And then um, you know guys are getting penalties. They're arguing back and carrying on and rage quitting and all the rest of it. It makes everything worse. So what we do, I mean, NASCAR is obviously a little bit different. As in, it's it's not the type of place where every little piece of contact gets um, penalised. Uh, the old bump and run's perfectly fair game with mm. us. Um, and that's what we've tried to bring over into Anne's car as well. And we don't, we don't really look... I mean, if somebody comes along and deliberately fences a bloke, then, yeah, they're going to get a ban of some description. Right? You can't do that, obviously. And it's things that you won't see in real life because people get hurt. People still get dumped in real life, but not with a 300k an hour speed difference between the cars. You, you know, the kind of thing you see yeah. in sim racing. So if a guy just goes in there and deliberately fences a guy, yeah, definitely, he's getting a suspension. But we'll generally sit down after the race, watch the replay, look at the uh, incidents that brought the cautions out, and just basically note it. And if there's a, there's a driver who is continually involved in these incidents, then they might get a, they'll get a rear or grid start, or they might get a race ban if they get too many. Um, but generally speaking, what we're trying to do via race control or stewarding or anything like that is just to look at the incidents that are causing the race to be placed under caution because we're looking after the race as a whole. We're looking after the, 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 the overall presentation of the race. We're not interested in sticking our noses into every little spat between two drivers. And let me tell you, there is nothing more... There, there is no bigger disincentive to wrecking a guy than knowing that you've got to race him next week. 100%. Right, so it's self-policing <laughs> in, in, in some sort of regard because if you, if you, if you smack a black guy out of the race, next week he's probably qualifying right behind you and then you've got to deal with him again. So that's plenty of, plenty of incentive to act properly. And uh, for, the, for the most part, it works pretty well. Excellent. So there we go. We've got people in the car. I hope, you, I hope that answered your question, J-Mac. I want to quickly touch on your racing in Aiden Schultz's switch-up series at the moment. Racing fairly well, too. How have you gone the first couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's gone okay. Um, I mean, Aiden runs Anne's car races as well, so I, I kind of know him yes. through there. And uh, I know he drives for uh, crank, Cranky Sports, as we call <laughs> cranky it. Cranky Sports, yes. <laughs> I just wonder, I'm, just, I'm trying to annoy Chris enough with that that he ends up changing his name. He has to change his logo and everything. Just keep calling it Cranky Sports. Um, but uh, no, so he's obviously running with them now. And you know, I, I've got to, got to know him reasonably well because I know all those guys really well. And um, yeah, so he's he's decided to jump into the uh, jump into the sphere of, of running a league. It's a good idea. It's a good concept. It's um, a few guys have sort of tried out this type of thing before with all different car and track combos, and it keeps it interesting. And it's a bit of fun on a uh, Friday night. But the first race was a uh, truck race at Indianapolis. That obviously helped you a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was a good way to start because that was right in my wheelhouse. But unfortunately, 
Um, it was also very much in the realm of uh, Mr. Jason Martin, who's one of the all-time great Oz, Oz NZ uh, stock car drivers. You know, he's been top of the tree for years now. And uh, we had a really good race, and I ended up uh, losing that on the last corner. I ended up crossing the line zero point, uh, sorry, zero point zero zero two of a second behind it. But we had a really great race. You know, he was he was quicker than me. I got ahead of him on strategy, and um, just spent the last few laps sort of blocking for all I was worth, and and so on, which you're allowed to do. No calling out to race control there. You just get on with it. And um, yeah, we uh, yeah we had a really great race, and and uh, yeah, finished second there. And then we had an indie race at um, Watkins Glen and, yeah, made a bit of a mistake in the beginning but uh, came back through to third place, so it was okay. Might have had a little bit of a slight, slight chance of nicking second but, uh, yeah, it wasn't to be, unfortunately. But, yeah, it was good fun. Enjoyed it. How do you prepare for something like that? Obviously, you know ahead of of time what you've got coming up but do you just pick and choose the ones that you're going to put some more effort into and, and just wing the other ones? No, I mean I'm planning to um, planning to run the whole series. I'm not going to be there for the midget race, unfortunately, because I've got something else on. Uh, but I'm going to be there for the rest of them. And uh, my preparation for those races so far has involved sitting down, turning on the PC, and that's it. Um, <laughs> looking into the race <laughs> server and seeing how we go. Um, with all the uh, Ed's car stuff going on, I don't have too much time to practice the other yep. stuff. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of uh, learn as you go. We get we get around about an hour practice at the start of it, so that's that's good enough to learn which way the corners go. And of course, via my stock cars, I sort of know know Watkins Glen reasonably well anyway. So it was yep. just doing that, but a little bit faster in the Indy car. Uh, so which is the week you're going to win? We want to predict. Which is the now. week I'm going to win? I thought yeah. I might have had uh, the first one, but no, that didn't happen. So I don't even know what the uh, car combos coming up are, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, really? Um, I haven't really looked that closely at the calendar. I just kind of log That's in it. every week. So um, it'll be, I'll probably just kind of keep an eye on it, but I, I couldn't reel off now what the car current track combos are. We'll just find out. That's fair. Have you done any real life racing at all? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been racing for around about, I think, 2007 I started. Um, it's never been at a at an overly high level. I started out doing little local uh, carna crosses and autocross and stuff like that. Uh, at a local track, they had about 10, 15 minutes from my place. I had a little Mark II Escort, used to run around on that. Um, had some success down there, a um, couple of class championships and a state championship. And uh, then I, I just moved into doing, like, uh, I did go-karts for one disastrous year. I'll never forgive my brother for talking <laughs> into that. Um, oh, just fiddly little things and um yeah and then i since then i've been doing sort of super sprints and hill climbs and that kind of thing you know the we've got a hill climb that runs up uh, wollonga hill which is only about five minutes down the road from me so i do that and i've done the adelaide motorsport festival on the a section of the old grand prix track and and that kind of thing i've got a um a first gen rx7 with a 13b turbo in there that i run in that and um it's been inactive for a couple of years while I just very, very slowly get motivation to uh, fix a couple of things on it because, you know, rotary life. But, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I do outside. So how do you find the comparisons between iRacing and real-life racing? I actually find, um, I mean, the, the big thing that I, I miss from real life to sim racing is that seat of the pants feel. Because yeah. I'm someone that relies on that very much. I mean, my brother, for example, he he doesn't worry about that at all. He's every bit as fast on the sim as he is in real life because he's he's quick. 
but um, you know we're, we're normally very close. But I cannot keep with him on a road course on the on, on sim because I just I rely too much on that seat of the pants feel, and I can't get that in in the sim. But at the same time, sim racing, you know, when would a guy like me have the chance to line up on the grid of the Daytona 500? Exactly. When yeah. would I have the chance to race a Le Mans 24? When would I have a chance to do any of these things? Race sprint cars at Knoxville? Never. So the chance to race uh, race other people the way we do, um, compete for compete for championships that are you know, recognised by guys like you and and you know, on broadcasts and and so on. You know that's that's the that's the big thing of sim racing that it costs you six figures a year to do in real life if you were to try yeah. and do anything with the same sort of uh, same sort of profile. So um, yeah, there are differences between the two. Um, but I can I can tell you the um, satisfaction in winning is just the same across both. I don't oh, I yeah. can definitely tell you you win a big race on on uh, i racing that that matters to you and matters to other people. It's exactly the same to feeling to me as winning a race in real life. Definitely. Um, what what's your rig? What have you got that helps you go so fast? Um, oh, I don't know if it helps me go so fast. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's just a it's a single single monitor. I don't have triples yet. I want to get that at some stage. VR will make me vomit, so I won't get that. Um, but I've got a Fanatec DD1, um, a next level uh, rig with the V3 pedals, and uh, yeah, that's pretty well it. How do you find the DD? Uh good. It was a. It was a bit of a adjustment because up until that point I ran a G twenty seven. Wow, and, it's a big yeah, step up. <laughs> and yeah, and I'm just like, look, if I'm going to spend the money, I'll just go the whole way. Forget it. You know, yeah. if I'm going to spend money on it, I'm not going to go halfway and then wonder what the better thing was going to be like. I'll just go direct drive. And yeah, it was an adjustment at the start. Um, certainly on the road courses, on the ovals, I found it benefit straight away. Um, yeah. We raced at Martinsville. Was my first race in the Anscar Cup with with this new setup. And I was running third, and I never used to run any better than fifteenth at Martinsville. So it was a step up straight away. It took me a lot longer to get my head around it on road courses. Um, I think I, I did a couple of the old Panorama Drivers Club races that um, they used to run, and uh, yeah, crashed out of both of those my first two races using the new wheel just because I couldn't get my, I, I just couldn't get the feel. And uh, yeah, but it's much better now. And um, my brother actually held on to his G27 for a lot longer. And I went around his house and I tried. I'm like, man, I, I can't even get out of the pits with this thing. How, like, <laughs> how did I used to do this? So with um, with NASCAR and the DD, do you find you get better tire wear because you you're not you can feel that car go a little bit sooner, and and obviously you're more aware of that. Uh, no, I don't think there's any benefit in terms of tire wear. I think it's more being more able to feel when the car's reaching the grip limit before it goes. Yeah. Um, before it goes. Yeah. So you you can hold the car much better on the actual limit of grip. You know that last sort of one percent before it breaks away and goes in the fence. Whereas with the with the cheaper stuff, you you just don't feel that until it's too late. So that has been the main difference. Um, but I think most people say when they do an upgrade like this that the pedals are the big thing. Um, and yeah. even even like in in, in um, a thing where some tracks you don't break at all, but certainly the tracks where you do, the uh, the the pedals are the biggest upgrade for sure. Is that what you're looking at doing next? Um, no, well, I mean, I'm happy with the ones I've got. I mean, I know some guys. Yeah, yeah, I know some guys who, who go um, a lot higher down the, you know, a lot higher in than even those. But um, yeah, they're doing me just fine at the moment. Do you have to? 
So triples will be the next one, though. Sorry. The triples will be the next one. Next. Yeah, I step. think so. Yeah, I think so. Do you have to? Um, you kind of run. Sorry, mute, finish off. <laughs> I was just going to say you kind of need to be able to see who's next to you in uh, yeah, in, in stock cars. It's kind of key to the whole experience. So at the moment, I've got a couple of buttons set up to sort of look left and right, but that's a bit suboptimal. So I'll uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, try try and uh, upgrade the monitors at some stage. Do you run the DD at like full strength, or are your arms just exhausted by the end of a big race? <laughs> Not even, not even close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not even close. No, you did, like even even with the with the settings that I've got it on that I'm fairly comfortable with. You, you get to the end of like a short track race where it's nothing but these sort of left hand hairpin just over and over and over and over again. And sometimes you get to the end of that and you're like, damn, you know, <laughs> uh, shoulders a bit sore or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, I generally try and have it set up so it's comfortable as possible. I mean, the the top level guys that like I've heard this. I don't know if this is true. But I've heard that the top level guys who run like the Coke series and stuff on iRacing, they don't even run force feedback at all. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah it's nuts that, that 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 that's the case. So. Which is crazy. You know, they and yet they've all got top in direct drive wheels <laughs> <Yeah>. and stuff <laughs> without force feedback on. So yeah. I'm I'm not sure, but I don't know if that's true, but I have heard that. So Yeah, I've heard that too. So Um, look, I'd love to have you talking for the next five hours, which I reckon we probably could, but we are hitting the hour mark. Um, our podcast that that gives us an hour to now talk about everything else for the week. So, I'd like to say thank you, Edward Foster, for joining us today. Um, is there where can people find your stuff? We will talk about Anscar before, but do you stream or do you do anything else? Uh, no, not really. Um, I don't. I don't stream. I don't do do a whole lot else. I mean, Anscar we've already covered. Uh, there are quite a few guys that stream their races. I know uh, Skirley's one that does it. Luke Traher, he's another one that does it. Aiden Schultz does it. Uh, you know, there are loads and loads of guys that actually stream their races from from in Anscar, but uh, I'm certainly not one of them. Okay, and Braden wants to know how does he get into commentary? <laughs> do it. How do you get into you com- How do you get into commentary? Crash people out apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you know, if we can go, let's see if we can get through. You know, what you've all, you've obviously got. A bit of bit of show to come after you get rid of me. See if you can get through twenty <laughs> minutes of it without referencing Ryan Jones. Just see if you can do it. Who? It's a challenge. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the, was it the, you I heard commentating the other week? Yeah, I, I jump in every now and again um, to yeah. do them. Um, it's not something I like doing every week. I mean, I have I have commentated weekly series before, and it kind of gets a bit much. Um, you know, you kind of, or you're sitting there as a competitor, as you're thinking, you know, you're looking at the race, and you're like, oh, I reckon I could have won this. <laughs> you, know, you start to get a bit annoyed, but um, no, look, I mean, it's it's something I enjoy jumping in every now and again, but uh, yeah, it's not something I do full time. Okay, sure. cool. Now, now I've wrapped, tried to wrap it up and then not wrapped it up. I'll, um, yeah, definitely go check out Anne's car on Facebook. Uh, definitely go check out FGM eCast uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursdays for the next couple of weeks, unless for the next couple of rounds anyway. And then, yeah, definitely check out the Anne's Car Cup Series. Obviously starting to heat up and uh, a long way to go, though. So thank you, Edward Foster, for joining us today. Uh, Braden, is there any final things before I clock off? I didn't miss anything. No, I think that's about it. Just um, okay, looking cool. forward to learning a little bit more about um, this oval stuff now after this chat. It's definitely got me a little bit more interested. Sweet. 
Thank you very much, Edward. We'll talk to you again sometime in the future, I'm sure, when you start winning a few more things, we'll get you on again. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, thanks thanks for reminding me. That it, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. I'm having, having a uh, pretty shocking season so far of the old cup, so uh, it's nice to be reminded right. that I used to win things. <laughs> All good. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. See thanks ya. Thanks a lot. Bye. Well, that was a very interesting chat, wasn't it, Brayden? Do you feel like running around in ovals right now? <laughs> I really do. And I, it is something I continue to mean to keep trying, but I just I just always find myself back in that skippy car. Uh, the one thing I definitely think you can tell um, from talking to Edward is just how passionate he is about that oval scene and the whole NASCAR side of things. And I guess that's why uh, Anscar started to build such a great following and have such great races when you've got people like that behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. And I've just watched a replay of Aiden Schultz getting spun around, brought out the first caution of the race as well. Aiden is actually on the podcast fairly soon in a couple of weeks. So, uh, poor guy. He's going to have to, yeah, he's got a long race ahead of him now. Uh, so, look, we I'll quickly mentioned we, we recorded this. I'll, I'll tell you, it was Monday a week ago we recorded this, and it was pretty much the next day that uh, NASCAR and iRacing got together and announced the new. NASCAR for next year and the fact that it was in iRacing that very day uh, so we would have loved to have actually had a chat to him about what he thought about the the new car uh, and I see they're also in the NASCAR Facebook trying to get a bit of a series up at the moment to um, to just give them a bit of a run this season before they obviously become the main car the NASCAR Cup for car for next year so uh, so unfortunately we don't get to have that chat with him but we had a bit of a chat in Discord, and he's pretty excited about him. Uh, should be a little bit closer racing from what we understand. Not that it makes much difference in iRacing because they're all the same, but in the real world, those cars apparently should bring on some better racing. So Joshua Carroll Walden was the, the first who spun Aiden, poor guy. Um, but he has brought out a caution. So let us move on to the race results. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more Anne's car in a sec, but... Let's start with Aussie car. It, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Last week was a bye <laughs> week, and there is nothing to talk about. Let's move on. No, it's a, look, Brain, you had a good week. So, look, run us through what happened from your eyes. Yeah, bye week or mulligan week? I don't know. I feel like we both need a mulligan week after the first two rounds. <laughs> mulligan season. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah, we headed to uh, Brands Hatch this week for another sprint, uh, sprint round. So two layouts again. Uh, the Indy layout up first, and then the GP layout for the longer 30-minute race. Um, I must admit, I was a bit nervy coming into this week after round one sort of disaster. To Yeah, so to be honest, it was nice to get some clean laps in and manage not to just self-destruct as a driver <laughs> yet again. So that was really good. Um, and I actually thought the racing was really fun. And when I went back and watched the, the broadcast, I thought there were some really good battles throughout the pack, which was really good. And not as much carnage. Yeah, I think I Ira came out and said best best broadcast he's seen of the yeah. series. And, it, and it, look, obviously the biggest contributor was the fact that small track, so many cars, uh, so so com- so many competitive cars close to each other. No matter where you look, there was there was a good fight going on. Yeah, and yeah, not as much carnage as you'd probably imagine on that short track. And I think Ira's kind of proved that time and time again that doesn't really matter what the track is. It's it is down to the drivers, and I think everyone did a really good job. Um, we haven't to gone to USA Speedway yet. <laughs> well, that is true. When we talk about short, that's short, short. <laughs> so, but yeah, so no, it was good. I um, managed to have a pretty good start. Managed to have a couple of decent battles. Um, Scott sort of 
scared me a bit and sent one up the inside. It felt a lot worse than it was when I looked back at it in replay. So, um, you know, I guess good move on him. Well done. Um, but then it was just sort of me, him, Matthew sort of trudling behind us and uh, Justin Howe in that first race kind of just stuck together. We couldn't really uh, get anywhere. And I think Dennis might have been in that group as well. Um, which was good. And I was sort of hanging around that. It was sort of what, 7th to 11th This was the sort of battle pack we had. Um, yep. And was basically in the middle, at the back, sometimes at the front, just sort of depended where I was. But I felt like I was getting a really good run on them quite regularly, but there's just nowhere to get past uh, unless you get the run out of turn one. Um, but when you're sort of like the fourth car or the third car in that group, it was really hard to actually make a move stick. Yeah. There was definitely nowhere, nowhere to go unless you were... So the, where I found and where I came a cropper was the last turn. Yeah. Um, I think I got under Stafford. I might have been at the time. He went a bit wide and I ducked down the inside and held held the the corner really well and um, got the run on him to turn one. Um, and then I sort of tried to do the same to um, Jared and... Uh, sorry. Well, I can't even remember... Who was it? It was Jacob, sorry, Jacob. And um my brain just failed. It's been a very long day, sorry everyone. But yeah, Jacob <laughs> was uh just lost it a little bit on the outside, like Stafford did. I went down the inside. I didn't quite slow down enough to hug that inside, so the tail started to go out on it. And like it was drifting, it was fine, and I just instead of softly getting back on, I think I've just put the foot down too hard and that she's gripped and then um just flicked me to the to the left straight into where Jacob was and not not only just hit him but the tires hit and then I mounted him and then was in the air above him so I'm putting my foot on the brake and then nothing's happening and I'm just looking at the wall and that's where I ended up so I did a couple flips and end up right over into the grandstand and straight into the pit bay without having to tow um or basically being forced to tow um feel real bad sorry Jacob for the Obviously saying the wrong name a second ago, but obviously, uh, yeah, that was my mistake completely. Just put the foot down on the gas too quickly. I did a couple times that night, which is the annoying part. I haven't done that in a long time. I didn't even do it in my practicing this week. So I think it was also a combination of that track and cold tires. They just don't go well together with the, all the different bankings and all the different canvas on that track. It's um, it's a definitely a special track. But yeah, that was me out six or four laps in, I think, to the the stupidly long race um <laughs> but how did you see did, did race two go any better for you mate well i was just gonna say before we move on to race two uh in general um it was really funny actually at the end of race one so poor old i think it was dennis and might have been justin or someone we basically ran into lap traffic right at the start of the last lap um and coming out of the must be what turn three um i think i can't remember it might have even been jacob as well uh, he just sort of didn't know where to go and was trying to slow down but didn't quite really know where to and put place his car, whether it was the inside or try and get wide or just slow down and sort of parked himself on the apex, which slowed both um, the two cars ahead of me down and I managed to actually sneak up the middle of them going three wide and actually gained a spot there on Dennis. So I think he was a bit bit spewing, but um, <laughs> it was really nice to sort of pinch an extra point there, which was nice. But yeah, race two... Uh, went pretty good for me as well, personally. Um, I probably made a pit strategy error. Um, I was putting in some of my fastest lap times and Josh, who I was sort of a second and a half back from for most of the race, 
uh, he pitted and I put in a couple of really good uh, laps while he'd pitted and jumped him by about three or four seconds through the pit stop. But silly me decided to pit with about five or six laps to go. Um, and I just didn't realize how long it was going to take me to get my tires up to temp. And my next three laps were complete rubbish. So I actually came out directly behind Alex John in his draft um, and then just basically went backwards from there. So I think if I had have actually stayed out and just finished basically on cold tires, you know, do the last two laps on colds yeah. um, and, you know, come over the line basically with them still not up to speed, um, I would have probably picked up a couple of extra spots because, yeah, like I said, I was putting in my best laps of the race um, before I came in. Uh, and then I also lost a position going into the last turn because I ran out of fuel. <laughs> So yeah, this has been a pretty big uh, topic this week coming into the enduro in the locked on racing uh, Discord channel that the private so we're strategizing. Um, yeah, man, how do you burn so much fuel? I you and Nathan Bernie, your best teammates in the world. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, and I <laughs> and I was thinking about it after, and I was like, but I didn't have this problem at India. Then I was like, oh yeah, that's because you didn't finish India, you peanut. So so <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I And I guess looking at, we've been looking at a little bit of data this week and it's very clear I burn a lot more fuel than everyone else. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just how fast I am, yeah. here, you know, super speedy. That, that is <laughs> definitely, definitely the answer that that I was looking for. So, um, yeah, look, race, race two. Was... Okay. So, <laughs> on my respect, before we go into yours, uh, again, we go back back to yours. Uh, I didn't make any pit error, uh, sorry, strategy areas or anything like that. I just, I let my teammate go by on turn one. I went a bit wide on the second lap and let Matthew Mites down the inside. And once again, like you said, forgot how bad the tyres are on cold on that track and just got the tail out. Once again, put the foot down and she's kicked left and went straight to the wall. Put basically moved my back left in about five or six centimeters closer to the car than what it used to be. Bent the back wing and that was about the end of it. So meatballed it. Um, there's about four other cars that went off at that same corner in front of me, not because of me. They'd already started going and I just <laughs> happened to go off at the same time. Uh, Watch the replay. Mites just missed just about everyone. And because he was avoiding me was the reason why he could avoid everyone else. So <laughs> um was a bit lucky there. But yeah, got the meatball. Had to come in. 46 seconds repair job for for the meatball. I'm like, oh, that's a bit stupid. But anyway, um, however, just clipped the green section just on the left side of the white line coming into the pit bay. I uh, sorry into the pit en- entrance and got a forty second yeah. stop and go. I had heaps of problems so, with that, that in uh, in practice <laughs> in during practice. the week. Yeah, because I, I and I didn't even feel like I was getting even near the green. And a handful of times I got that pin, uh, dangerous pit entry uh, black flag, and I was like trying to reach out to people. Like, is anyone else getting this? And it just seemed to be me. Yeah. So I was very cautious when I came in. I know there was a couple. Others. I think Scott was another one who got it in the actual race itself. There was a few of us that got it, but. Yeah. Yeah, that, that just shows you should be practicing pit entry, and I don't think I did much pit entry practice, if any at all. Yeah. So yeah. I paid the price in the race big time. So just a quick update. They're at Dover at the Xfinity Thunder... Uh, sorry, I better not say Xfinity. Uh, the Ansgar Thunder Series, and <laughs> Ryan Jones has come from way back in the field, and he's well out in front. Oh. Edward Foster was leading for a fair way. Now he's dropped back to seventh, um, and just how he smacked the wall a moment ago. Didn't bring out the caution, but um, went back very quickly in the field. But... 
Ryan Jones showing them how to do it. So his tyres will wear out in a second. That'll be the end of him. <laughs> um, but he's got about a two or three second lead here at the moment. So well done. Uh, so the rest of your race too, because I basically just circled around and did a few more spins and looked like an idiot and yeah. came, what did I come, 25th uh, lap down. Yeah, so nah, mine was pretty much the same. I, I got into a good rhythm. Like I said, I was doing some good laps. The pit stop just killed me. Um, I ended up giving up a spot to Josh. Um, I just my colt tires just couldn't come up, and then basically once I'd let him through, by the time we got to the end of that lap, the tires were up to speed, and I managed to hang with him for like the last lap and a half. And I actually took, uh, I, I made a relatively forceful move up the inside. It wasn't a dive bomb or anything, but I could have just sat behind him and let him have it. Um, but I thought, you know what, I need all the points I can get at the moment. So, <laughs> uh, so I sort of went up the inside, going into those right handers uh, after the sort of back straight. Um, and got yeah. through and everything was great until we got to, you know, 80 meters before the final <laughs> turn and my car started coughing. So yeah, he ended up getting me on the line anyway. So all's well that ends well. But I guess the main talking point to come out of race two, we have to address is Ben Snell. Yeah, Ben Snell starting from the back of the field, getting hit during the race and then start, he had, he gave Keller like a, McKellar about what, four or five seconds for the last couple of laps. Yeah. And still chased him down, got him on the final corner in what was it, the fraction of a second, basically. Yeah. So it was super, very, very amazing drive. To super be impressive. Wrong, to be honest. I um, yeah. went back and watched like the last sort of handful of laps on his stream. Um, if you want to check it out, uh, I think his Twitch name's Snellavision. Um, and. It was just, yeah, just watching him, he's going, hold on, we might be on for third here. And then all of a sudden it was, hold on, we actually might be on for second. And then Alex comes out and he's like, I actually could be a chance to get him here. And just watching him absolutely send it um, and then getting him in that last corner was just, yeah, it was brilliant driving. Yeah. It was really impressive stuff. Definitely. It was amazing the the the, the difference in speeds between cold and, and, yep. and warm tyres. Um, Definitely and, one and of that showed it. I was going to say, definitely one of the more dramatic differences on all the tracks we've been to. Like, the tyres are always yeah. not great, but they normally come up to speed so much quicker. Yeah, that was that was a two to three second difference a lap, just about. And um, so more, much more dangerous than, than on any other track. Yeah. So, well, yeah, it definitely caught me, uh, got me unstuck. I didn't do enough practice either. That was my problem. Yeah. I would have noticed that a bit better. So, so yeah, so... I'll quickly go through the results. So we're back to the Ben Snell yep. show. So Ben Snell took race one from the two Alexes, McKella and John. Uh, Chastanoff and Fitz Johnson, the two locked on racing guys, uh, up in fourth and fifth. So that was really good to see them round out the top uh, five. Um, some notable mentions. Uh, Matthew Mites, uh up to 12th. He didn't have great qualifying, I know. So he was sort of working oh, his way through the pack. I didn't even... Didn't even talk about my qualifying in race one. <laughs> what happened? We got four laps. <laughs> I did an out lap. Went to start the second, the first flying lap. Um, went down to turn one and got it sideways <laughs> and spun out, went to the infield on the right, did the flick spin to get it back facing the right way and started driving off. And then I come out with a black flag for dangerous driving on the Oh, qualifying. no. <laughs> so I had nothing to do except for reset the car which then gave me a whole new car with cold tires, but I was already two laps in. Yeah. 
So I only got the out lap, which was the third lap, and then one last lap, which was the fourth uh, lap, on cold tyres. Oh, no. oh, like, no. So I was qualifying, like, down 23rd or something ridiculous like that. But I still don't understand what the, the black flag was for, technically, because I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. It was fun. You, you <laughs> yes. didn't do anything wrong. So. <laughs> they should have known who you were. That that was just... That wasn't that wasn't that, uh, that, you trying to warm MO. up the tyres. That was just <laughs> standard driving. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, just quickly too, a, a quick update. Uh, Ryan Jones's tires have gone, and he's back down to four three. So uh, <laughs> Ryan yeah, Jones hops over, always back in the back in the lead. Anyway, yeah, so go through that that field again. Yeah, the, the rest of it. So well, that was pretty much about it for race one. Um, Leon uh, down in twentieth, um, and I guess some of the surprising ones were Russell Clark down in eighteenth, um, and John Schultz down in twenty sixth. Uh, were probably the main, yeah, both main surprises. Accidents. Yeah, uh, and then race two, like we said, saw Ben Snell come from basically last to first. Um, definitely the biggest mover of the field. One hundred percent. He definitely won the hard charger <laughs> award in that one, uh, and he took that from Alex McKellar for second again. And then Russell Clark got himself up to third, uh, creating a bit of a Milo sandwich there for poor uh, Alex McKellar. Uh, Chastanov another fourth, um, and Alex John rounding out the top five. So. Guess no notable mentions from that race. Ira Felberg uh, managed thirteenth, which was a really good finish for him, um, and he'd be pretty happy with that in this pretty stacked field. Um, yeah, and my, myself managed eighth, um, and I guess the unfortunate ones out of that race were probably Justin Howe down in twenty second and Scott Barton um, in eighteenth were probably a couple of surprise packets, not normally down that far. Yeah. So Scott's Scott's one was the the penalty in the pits. Yeah. I think he might have had an incident after as well. There was definitely uh, Sean Doyle had an incident. That the, I guess the interesting one was um, Dennis and uh, Hedershard, which mm. came together on the final corner. Yeah. Um, Hedershard just just slowed up a little bit more than Dennis was was expecting, and Dennis got a good run and just hit him in the rear, and they both spun unfortunately. So. Yeah. So that leaves us with yes. the series points. Uh, the two Alexes head the leaderboard, so that's not good for anyone in the ch- uh, team's championship, <laughs> having two <Nope>. top split uh, <laughs> cars first and second. So that's Alex John on 189 from Alex McKellar and James Chastanoff tied for second on 184, so just five points behind. So we've got a locked-on uh, boy up there fighting for the championship at the moment, which is good. Uh, Donald yep. Sabanel, uh, fourth, and Scott Barton, fifth. Joshua Fitzjohnson, sixth. Uh, Sean Doyle, Matthew Myatt, Daniel Hedishard, and Russell Clark uh, round out the top ten. Um, I've managed to scoot myself up to twelfth, down from twenty or up from twenty-first, um, which ironically yeah, is where sure you're sitting at the moment. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. and then the teams' championships, top split racing, three hundred and seventy-three. I've got a handy forty-one point lead over Van Diemen Racing, which is Donald and Russell. Uh, one eleven esports on three twenty-three in third, which is Ira and Scott and. Uh, all the locked-on boys are chasing them down hard for that third place at the moment. So we've got uh, the Vic and James combination in fourth, and then Matthew and myself rounding out the top five in the team's championship as well. Yeah, white knuckle, and then unfortunately, Josh is doing a great job, but I am definitely anchoring him back to the <laughs> to seventh here for the Man Cave podcast, unfortunately. Sorry, so, you're going to earn some points yeah. tonight, uh, tomorrow. I'm, I'm hoping I've put in... Put in a lot more effort this week and um, got a lot more effort to go uh, before we get there. So uh, this came off a bit of practice before. So not going to talk about what we've been practicing, but we've definitely been practicing um, for the Enduro. So pretty excited. And this is where I was at for Phillip Island and then for the first ever Enduro. And then I bloody missed 
first gear on the on the launch and Ooh, did a rustle ended my race at the start yeah so i was when i started it took leon out so anyway let's move on to the rest of australian i racing leagues which we've got a fair few here tonight so odse the 360 power series uh two for the sprint cars saw the return of tim ryan now this is crazy we talked about him <laughs> What's that? This is crazy. I just uh, look. Can't so it. we talked about him last week not making the the field because he he basically what dislocated and all this other stuff to his arm and he's, it's in plaster and bandaging. It's it, it's not looking good. <laughs> but he thought he'd jump into to qualifying and just give it a bit of a, a a go. And he was he was quick, so he he jumped out there and got P two in the qualifying. <laughs> Um, and then pretty much wasn't headed from there. He had, had a little bit of a uh, a close close run towards the end because of a late caution, but Tim Ryan is an absolute genius. Um, he couldn't even adjust the wing because he was only driving with the one arm. Um, the other one was just basically doing nothing, So, uh, which was interesting because we had Reese Gardner, who we're going to have on the podcast fairly soon, who's another person who can drive one-handed extremely well because that's the only option he's got. <laughs> and... To hear them have a chat after the race and um it was just yeah so interesting to see and and the fact that we you know he's gone he's completely missed a round so he's dropped maximum points from one round and yet he's still sitting on top of the table by f- almost 50 points at this stage so uh absolutely great job go watch that over on simspeed tv from last thursday not just after the aussie car and just watch a true uh, champion in action so but look not to put down any what everyone else did so daniel gow end up getting second for the night uh and brady baldwin who also is coming on the podcast fairly soon an absolutely amazing effort for third as well look the heats were marred by a little bit of you know a little a lot of action basically but um a lot of crashes a little bit of controversy and stuff like that uh the winners out of the heats were Braden shoot who <laughs> came from like fifth to win his heat it was just everyone in front of him kept on crashing out tim ryan obviously won his clayton davies all the big names were getting him uh, the, the big one was tilly missed out on um clayton tilly missed out on his heat he ended up getting taken out and went right back to the field so uh that was an unfortunate one but uh clayton davies brad o'brien uh all won their heat so um, very well done to you guys. So O'Brien and Shoot both came from fifth in their heats to win, uh, which is very different to what the series normally throws up. Um, more damage and more action in the in the C and B mains. Uh, basically, uh, then we got to the the A main, or which is the the feature. And like I said, um, great job from Tim Ryan. Absolutely amazing effort. And Daniel Cow, well done for second. Really pushed him towards the end there. Um, and yeah. Brady Bolden, looking great. Um, that is ODSE. Very, very, another very good action-packed week. Uh, definitely go check it out. Uh, but next week they head to Eldora, which we were talking about in uh, with uh, with actually something that's coming up soon. I'm just trying to work out where we're talking about it. But um, yeah, Eldora, very much a staple for Dirt Series. So can't wait to see round six at Eldora next week or very soon this week. Now, did you get to watch any of the Anscar Truck Series I d- at all? I didn't. I, I didn't. I've had a really busy week this week, so I actually haven't watched much um, at all, unfortunately. Absolutely amazing race. And I just watched number 48, and I'm trying to work out who it is in the Thunder. Just crashed into the pit lane entry, the the yellow 
water bins on the way into <laughs> pit lane entry in the thunder. It was something to watch. Um, but I'll get back to that when I find out. But yeah, Ansgar Truck returned uh, after their short one-week break for the end of Series 1 and the going to Series 2. And absolutely massive fields compared to what they were getting, which was really good to see. So they had uh, 38 trucks going around the track, a lot of new names, which is always the good part of it, um, which meant a lot more more people to keep an eye on and a lot more new faces, especially at the front end, which is really good. It wasn't just the same old three or four or five that were in there every single lap. But look, they went to Pocono, which is not a track I like to talk about too much after Oscar <laughs> went there. But they did go to the tri-oval there. They had seven cautions during the race, 70 laps, 10 lead changes over the whole track as well. So um, very, very good racing. And like I said, some new names up there. But we'll go through the biggest movers to start with because there were some amazing efforts. In particular, man, we mentioned, I feel like we mentioned him every week in the biggest movers was uh, Matthew Raymond, 33rd up to 8th. What a job. Very well done. Um, Christopher Finlay got from 19th up to 6th, and Nathan Clark had a very good effort, 27th up to 10th, and I, he'd been unlucky not to go further up, to be honest. Uh, he was always up and around there for most of the race, but as I said, seven cautions, a, f- a few of them were back-to-back, and, and a few of them saw some interesting um, pit lane strategies where people decided to stay out, even though... Uh, it was very much a disadvantage to be staying out, but then they're at the front of the field and sort of, yeah, cause a few accidents or or, or things like that. So, uh, but hopefully learning lessons for people and we see them, yeah, come back bigger and stronger next week. But congratulations to Jason Martin who took out uh, round one of series two of the Anscar trucks. Uh, Josh Micklemore, the current leader of the Cup Series and, and always up there in the, the top handful um, coming second. Our special guest from tonight, Edward Foster, congratulations for making your first podium in a while. So as he talked about in the interview that he he, need, he wanted to get back up there, but he got third. Michael Skurlock sort of did some damage to his car towards the end, sort of put himself in the position to win that and, and just hit the wall late in the race. He got fourth. And a new name in the top five, Daniel Hedescheid, mm-hmm. we've already talked about tonight, took his first race around the Oval and was uh, definitely took the commentators by a bit of surprise and they were in- very interested to see how well he went. So congratulations, Daniel, for a really good run and looking forward to see what you bring up next week at Knoxville for 130 laps, which will be crazy. <laughs> so other than that, we then go to the Anscar Cup Series which ended up Darlington. I haven't actually had a chance to watch this replay yet, so we're just going to quickly go through the biggest movers first. Who do you reckon is the, the first name on the list, Braden? Oh, it can't possibly be Matthew Raymond, could it? Oh, definitely was. 25th up to 5th. What an effort from um, Matthew Raymond. He must. He just, just sits back at the back of the field and just wants to beat everyone from the back. So well done. Luke Trahar, Trahair, sorry. Uh, 17th up to 3rd, another great effort. James Robbie, 18th to 7th. And Adam Rosell, uh, 29th up to 11th. Some really good charges there. The winner, unfortunately, was uh, the one, the only, Michael Skurlock again. <laughs> uh, so well done there, mate. Uh, he's, I think he pitches the, the cover of um, Anscar at the moment too, <laughs> so well done. Uh, Hamish Gallagher came in 2nd. Uh, as we said, Luke Traher got 3rd. Andrew Dyson, always up there as well, uh, in fourth. Great job. And as we mentioned before, Matthew Raymond came in fifth with a very, very good drive. Uh, 30 cars as they have at the moment, which is the locked amount for the series to try and keep the cautions under control. 
Only three cautions in this race, so very good racing to watch. 135 laps with only three cautions around Darlington, a track that is known for chaos. So this this is the track that I raced during the week with the trucks, and Darlington is a nightmare. Uh, I don't ever want to go back there again. It's got ups and downs. It's got bumps, and it's both turns are slightly different. It's yeah, it's a nightmare. But yeah, nine lead changes through the whole lap, and next week we head to where we're at at the moment in the Thunder which is Dover for 200 laps. So looking forward to that nice, big, open track to, to really sink your teeth into. So Next one, we're going to cover one we've mentioned before, but we haven't really um, covered the results of. I've actually been able to dig up the results from somewhere. So the V8 veterans went to Silverstone uh, this week in Season 7. Um, and currently... That race ended up with some pretty big moves from some people, but we'll start with the, the winners. So Stephen Varga got first, uh, and Jamie McKnight got second. Paul Preston got third. Scott McEwen got fourth, and Darren Goosey got fifth. So congratulations to all you guys. Uh, this is a league particularly for over 40s. Uh, oh, sorry, I've just seen Ryan Jones smash Edward Foster, so that's going to continue that feud between <laughs> them, and he's put Edward into the wall, but no caution, so um, if you watch the interview, you'll know exactly what we're talking about, or listen to the interview, you'll know exactly what we're talking about, but <laughs> that was big. Um, but yeah, so there's some massive movers in there, so around Silverstone, it is, it's a very solid league, I know a few people are racing there as well, so um, it's it's a very... Very good league to to join if you want to go check it out. It, unfortunately, they're full for next season already. So um, yeah, but yeah, definitely go watch it if you can on a Thursday night after Aussie Car while ODSC's on. Uh, the biggest movers were Matty Parker twenty sixth up to tenth, uh, Jason Debito twentieth up to twelfth, and Reg James. This is the whole pack, the three of them. So Jason Reg and Stephen Kennedy all started twentieth, twenty first, and twenty second, and then ended up twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth respectively. So uh, just follow themselves through the field. Thirty six laps around Silverstone with five lead changes. Next week they're heading to Road Atlanta, and I just thought I'd give you a bit of practice times from two nights ago. So second practice I think of the week. Uh, Jamie McKnight is leading the charge with a minute nineteen. Point two six four with uh, Hayden Harrison, Mark Dugan, uh, Cameron Vicock, and Paul Preston, the only other people in the one minute 19s in that practice session. So there we go. So look, we've been looking to do some gentleman sim racing for a while. It's been very hard to find their content. Braden's been trying to get dig up some stuff for a while, but it's extremely hard. It's, um, it's like the Stonecutters Club or something. It's very secretive over there. It is. <laughs> It is. We're all in there, but we can't find out what's going on. But <laughs> now we've had Ashley Phillip uh, reach out to us uh, during the week and said that he could get us some stuff. So we've got some results from the Up and Comers series, which is uh, from it's in the Kia Optima, which is a pretty interesting car. Uh, and they raced around Alton Park Fosters during the week, uh, two car, two races, sprint and feature. So. Uh, James Catchpole got first in the sprint, followed by Philip Clark. These Clarks must be fast races. Yeah, must be something in the last name, hey? Yeah, must be. And and Tony Rofi got third. Uh, Then in the feature, Philip Clark got first. Luke Kimi got second. And Chris Budd got third. Boot? I don't don't know. Let's let's go with that. (laughs) Uh, Which left the top 10 standings with... uh, Philip in first, Philip Clark there, and, and Chris in second. Michael Ladder in third. Uh, fourth is Luke Kimi. Fifth is Chris. 
Kisby, uh, Vanessa Daly in sixth, jo- Tony Roffey in seventh, James Catchpole in eighth, uh, Nathan McDowell in ninth, and Adams and John in tenth. So well done to all you guys. Uh, Stone Cold V8 Series top split in Oran Park uh, for round three as well was the next one, uh, which saw Troy Cox, uh, Rick Kaznetsvo, Kaznetsvo, Kaznetsov. That's it. Uh, second. And third was David Kirby. I apologize, everyone. If we could um, um, continue was... to send in as many results as possible that have really tricky <laughs> names for Peter to try and <laughs> try and pronounce, that would uh, be wonderful. Get stuffed, everyone. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was the sprint race for, for the night. Uh, the feature, a name I haven't heard for a while, but young Angus Cook got first. Um, Rick uh, Kuznetsov. Very good. In second. I mailed it again. Uh, Paul Wood in third. Um, there we go. So top 10 in there is Troy in first, Sean in second, Craig in third, Michael Angers in fourth, Paul Wood in fifth, Brad Dobble in sixth, Matthew Dench in seventh, Lachlan Loyler in eighth, ninth is Sebastian Spicer, and tenth is Angus Cook. Uh, so then we went to Phillip Island for the GT3s in the top split there for round three of that series, and Brock Kelly got first in the GT3s in the sprint. Chris Whitaker second, Maverick Benson in third, and then they went to the feature and Zach Critchen, Critchton in first. Brock Kelly backed it up with a second in the second race, and Chris Whitaker backed it up from the second in the in the sprint to get third in the feature. Uh, top ten for the standings for the season so far. Maverick Benson takes the lead there. Shane Wallace in second, John Merritt in third, Andre F. Yusuf in fourth, Richard Mitchum in sixth, fifth, uh, Matthew Dench in sixth, seventh is Brandon Whitaker, Brock Kelly in eighth, Paul Wood in ninth, and Chris Whitaker in tenth. And to round out our Gentleman Sim Racing Club uh, results is the Porsche Cup top split went to Nuremberg G <coughs> Nuremberg GP circuit, um, and that saw sprint go to Rick Kuznetsov. Lachlan Murphy, uh, second, and Aaron Cooper in third. Feature went to Sebastian Spicer. Second went to Brenton Hobson. And third was Rick going, Rick K in there again. So well done. Rick K leaves the series. We're just shortening his name now. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> uh, Aaron Cooper in second. Brenton Hobson in third. Jaden Smith in fourth. Alex Spinozzi in fifth. Sebastian Spicer in 6th, Paul Wood in 7th, Lachlan Murphy in 8th, Zach Critchen in ninth, and Jacob K. Todd rounding out the 10 in the field of the Porsche Cup. So that's the Gentleman Jim's, uh, Sims Racing. So if you want to go check them out, go check them out on Facebook. Do the uh, application. They do have just a one-year sign-up. Uh, you pay one fee for the year and you can race in any of their series. And they are some pretty good racing over there. There's lots of people racing in it as well. Maybe you might even find a few famous people. We'll never know. But um, <laughs> we then go to the next series, which we want to cover, which we've talked about a bit in the past, which is Into Sim Switch Up Series. And we'll go quickly through the results, and then we'll hear from the winner. And I hope you enjoy that. So round three was the in the Switch Up Series was at Eldora, as I mentioned before, and it was in the Midgets. Uh, we got to see... So all these really fast oval guys and really fast road guys go to the dirt and, and play in the dirt, which is really good fun. Uh, so first place went to David Douglas, and we'll hear from Dave in a sec. Um, 
P2 went to Rob Fletcher, and P3 went to Jason Martin, who won the trucks only this week. So well done. Uh, don't forget, championship uh, is going really well at the moment. There is a drop round, and then there's double points at the end of the round for uh, end of the season for 11 and 12. So it's looking really good. They head to for 134 laps around Homestead Miami Speedway in the NASCAR Cup car next week or this Friday. Uh, but definitely check that one out. But let's hear from David. And welcome, Dave Douglas, to the podcast. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good to be here. Um, pretty, pretty exciting being on a podcast first time. So. Mate, don't be too excited. It's not that big, although it is going pretty well. So thank you for joining <laughs> us anyway tonight. Uh, you're here because you won the last round of Into Sim switch-up series where the cars, they took midgets around dirt. Yeah, they certainly, right? certainly did. So, um, yeah, we did the uh, dirt midgets at Eldora, which is always a uh, fun task. So, um, yeah, had a few, bit of, a few heat races and then a uh, 25 lap feature. So, um, yeah, it was good fun. It is definitely one of those staples whenever you go into the dirts, and Eldora is a place to go to, let alone the midgets as well. So, um, how? Okay, so you won. How did you get through the heats? Explain. Let me take it through for me. All right. Well, I'll start from the beginning in qualifying yeah. because I had an absolute shocker. So you get two laps in qualifying. Twice I hit the wall, so it gave me a yep. X. So that means uh, no time. So then I had to yep. start my heat race off the very back. So I started my heat in seventh. Um, worked my way way yes. through that race up to about how many laps was the heat? Uh, so heat race was a ten lap, sorry, and Ooh, um, so worked worked my way up to I think I finished third or fourth in the heat race. I can't remember exactly, but um, so basically that put me out of fifth for the for the feature, and then um, yeah, so twenty five that feature we started. Uh, I was on the inside line, got a good start, and by I think lap two, see I, I just worked the high side so. I uh, got to second place, and then the leader actually hit the wall, so it gave me the lead fairly easily. And then, uh, yeah, wasn't headed from there. So, a few little cautions in between then and the last lap, but uh, yeah, I just my plan was just to run the run the top and rip the, rip the lip, as they say. And yep. uh, yeah, got it done, I guess. So, is dirt racing one of your favourite disciplines in our racing? Um, I, I mean, I guess I class myself as a bit of an all-rounder, but uh, yeah, I love I love dirt. Um, not so much the midget, but uh, <laughs> I guess it worked for me that night. So maybe I was just the best of the bunch that was there. But uh, yeah, I guess because there's no wing or anything on the midgets, so they're a bit harder to drive. But I, I found that once I got up on that cushion up the top uh, when the track evolved, it uh, hooked up, and yeah, I was laughing. It was it was it was great fun. Now, obviously. Aiden, who runs this, he, he he's part of Anne's car as well, and that's what you've just been racing as well yeah, tonight. Absolutely. So, um, there's a fair chunk of the Anne's car crew come through to this, which is good to see. Uh, how excited were you when they when Aiden announced this switch up series, where you get to basically find out how you rate against everyone in every single different, different type of discipline over a season? Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and I I really like the uh, concept because there is another league around that does do something similar but it's run all year long and then gaps in between sort of, it can be a month before you race again. So his was yep. a great idea. And um, yeah, you, you go week to week basically and, and a range of disciplines and whatnot. So, and I guess he got a good crowd, a lot of the ants car crowd and that sort of thing as well. So it's good to try and um, see what other guys are capable of, I guess, in other disciplines and, and I guess see who's the best. So um, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully I can uh, be number one by the end of the season. Uh, I missed the first round because I wasn't here, so I missed Indianapolis, but uh, I made the IndyCars round two, finished second there, and then I uh, got a first in round three, so uh, not too bad to start off with. Yeah, well, you're sitting third by the look of the current points table, if I'm getting it right, and you're about yeah. 65 off the lead now, obviously. Is there a drop round? I'm a sh- I, f- I can never remember. I've watched yeah. any leagues at the moment. <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah, there is a drop round. Uh, it yeah. hasn't been calculated in yet, though. But no. uh, I definitely missed the first You're round. So, pretty good. Yeah, not too bad for missing a round so far. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be good. Okay, cool. So, highlight of the race, did you have a major overtake or anything like that you want to shout out? Uh, I guess it was just how quickly I got to the front. So, the fact yeah. that I got there within lap, within two laps and then led the thing from there all the way to the finish it was uh, pretty cool. We had some uh, contenders. Some contenders definitely uh, had a crack. But um, as I said, just ran that high side and I was just able to keep the pace up as you come with the turns and they weren't able to get by. So, uh, yeah, I guess that was a, a pretty cool to, um, I guess you could say, dominate. <laughs> okay, sweet. So I want to, I'll talk a bit about you quickly. When did you get into iRacing? Oh, yeah, geez, it was a long time ago now. I think it was 2000 and um, I just hit 10 years. So whatever that is, so 2011. Oh, nice. 11, yeah. Um, so back in 2011, um, just sort of come across it somehow. I didn't really know what it was, but it was it was great fun to get into, like running around on Legends and the MX-5s. I, I kind of miss it, building up from back yep. in the rookie days. But uh, yes, yeah, so I've been around for about 10 years now. Nice. And what type of rig have you got at home? Uh, so I've got the... Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm sitting it. I've got a... <laughs> it's the GT Ultimate Track Racer, I think, make that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got the track race. So I use the uh, Oculus Rift S for um, VR, and I've got uh, the Husenveld Sync um, Sprint pedal, yes. and yes. then just Fanatec uh, BMW wheel and, and base. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Not a bad little Does kit. The job. Yeah, absolutely. So if there's a car that you'd like to jump in, if you if you had a choice, which which one would you be jumping into a race? Uh, realistically, anything. But uh, up on the uh, top of the list, I guess, the, anything, the NASCAR ovals, the Indy cars, I love, I just love how they sound. So um, there's another couple of guys starting up a new uh, Indy car league that I'm going to be joining that. And um, they just, yeah, they sound brilliant when they're on song, on the loud pedal, and they're hitting the limiter, a lot of boost, a lot of um, the turbo. So yeah, they're, they're great fun to drive. So I'd have to say the Indy car. So next week we've got the NASCAR, which uh, around Hopestead Miami Speedway, I guess you're looking forward to getting into that one? Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Uh, it's a very uh, NASCAR crowd, I guess, in that league. So um, there'll be plenty of um, competitors, I guess you could say, to uh, take it to. And, uh, yeah, I think it's a Michigan in the Cup car. So uh, it's a – it's uh, I guess you could call it sort of pack racing, but on the uh, – I think it's a two-and-a-half-mile circuit. So No, sorry, two-mile circuit, but uh, – yeah, it's going to be great. Get back in the NASCAR and uh, yeah, r- ruffle some feathers if we can. Uh, definitely looking forward to it. So shout out your team and anyone else you want to shout out while you're on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, uh, shout out to uh, Aiden and Paul Jackson and uh, Prue for putting on that Inter Sim League, which is uh, which is great. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the next round and, and all the other rounds after that. Uh, shout out to the team, uh, Mark One Esports, 
a great bunch of guys uh, got me in there and um, basically started with the oval side of it, but they do a lot of things as well. So a uh, great bunch of guys and, and good to work with. And then uh, obviously you guys with the podcast, which is a great initiative. Um, I've seen it getting around. I've listened to a couple. So uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, hearing, hearing plenty more. Yeah, don't worry. We've got a um, a good little chat we just had with Edward Foster, so on the oh, same episode. Good. So get in and in, enjoy that one. He's a he's a top bloke. Yeah, no. He's uh, quickly, good. what was the IndyCar series? I shouted out with that you jump. You're going to jump into. Uh so that was the Weekend Warriors. So um, Nathan Legger and the Weekend Warriors is going to start up a Indy League on the Sundays, Sunday after, Sunday nights. I think six thirty, AST. Excellent. Sweet, check that one out if you're keen for IndyCars, which I think a lot of people are starting to get into since Scotty's going so yeah, well over there at the moment. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, David. We will catch you hopefully in a couple of weeks' time, or maybe even next week when you have another win. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me on the show. No problems at all, mate. We'll catch you later. Have a good one. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much for that, David. It was really good. And thanks, Aiden, for putting on a really good series. Now, I'm just fascinated by this uh, Thunder series. The the lead's changing all the time, and people are going from back to the front. It's really good watching. So definitely go check it out, FGM Ecast, who we've got. Stuart Brown, I think it is, on the podcast, booked in for about a month and a half's time, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what we'll hear from him next, but he's the person behind FGM Ecast. So pretty interested to hear from that. But look, we've got uh, one, two last things to really follow up on. Um, just want to quickly touch on Sunday Night Lights. If you are a Skippy fan, which a lot of you are that are listening to it, or a lot of our close friends that are listening to it are anyway, so Sunday Night Lights is the strength of field uh, split for of race for the um, week for the officials. And it goes on our time, so Australian Eastern Standard Time. It's the 9.15pm race, I believe it is, yep. on a Sunday um so definitely if you want to put yourself up against the best in the world that is the place to do it and uh just want to quickly oh, yep. i was just saying i know that um they've been getting some really high strength of fields i remember not six months ago i made a sunday night lights unfortunately it wasn't broadcast but <laughs> i made uh, the strength of field when it was at alton park and i only had about 2300 i rating and i, I made it um into the race um, and now you look at they're getting strength of fields, you know, four and a half K almost. So it's uh, some really high yeah. quality racing. And I'm sure you're probably going to mention it, but Top Split TV, who do the broadcasting for it with Alex McKellar, and I think Corey um, do the commentary. They do a great job of it. It's really, really good watch. Yeah, definitely. And they do get some of the international uh, people in there as well to have a bit of an interview with it with after. So yeah. Top Split TV on Twitch, go check them out. Go give them a follow. They are legends over there and obviously fairly fast. We talk about them every week, how fast they are. But <laughs> yeah, to, to, to do this is, is really good. 4,399 strength of field. Usually about six to seven splits on the night, or it was this week anyway. We're just going to quickly cover the the top split. The top five in that was... Now, this this is going to test because they're all international people. <laughs> Sam Couturt. Couturt? Sure. Uh, yeah. Naya Nagai, Nagai, I, 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 I practice it too, and I watch the broadcast so I could listen to it. He's really, really quick driver. This guy is really good. Naoya so, Nagai. That's it. That's what I tried to say. Uh, Danny Blanco got third. Tobias Ritten fourth, and Loris Amad, Amadio 
in fifth. So very, very well done. Some of the, the big names, obviously, the, there was a bit of an accident in there. Just yes. got, got taken out. Uh, it was good to see a handful of Aussies in there, which one of them was, uh, we mentioned his name before already, uh, Donald Sabal. Sabal? Uh, not quite right. Yeah, that's it, Sabal. <laughs> um, he was in there as well, so check that out. It's a very, very stacked field. We talk about Aussie car being stacked. This is nuts. I'm pretty sure, um, um, is it Quirkatized or Quirk, the Twitch streamer as well, Tyson Meyer? Is that his yeah, name? I think yeah. he was in it as well, which is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. So, look, go check that out if you're keen. Sunday nights, 9.15 Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, official race, that's all you got to do. This week, they're going to Bathurst, so looking forward to that. Um, last thing is, Locked On Racing sort of put on a uh, bit of a freebie. So, Stampede Series from ODSE. Or ADSE only uh, finished after about two weeks because of poor driving uh, standards. Uh, so, we sort of... Matthew Joy, who's, who's raced with us before, he's and, and doing a lot of stuff in the background. He put on a, a free night uh, for midgets and um, went to uh, Fairborough Speedway. Uh, so uh, twenty drivers took part, which was really good. He was he was happy with the turnout. Um, someone else put on a bloody midget race uh, in the forums, just or in the on Facebook, just before we did. So, but anyway, it was good to see. We got. Um, Heat one uh, saw Bevan take the lead ahead of Jason Crawford and Annette Smith. Uh, the, our very own Matthew Joy finished fifth, so he wanted me to mention that. Uh, Heat two top finishes were Russell Bonesy um, to take first place, and Callum Davison uh, and Kane Della not too far behind. Then they went into a everyone made it, but they went into a thirty lap feature. Um, there was. Uh, there was a few people that had to had to retire. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a bit of a few accidents in there, um, but it was it was good racing anyway. So the finishes were, um, oh, so we're going backwards to forwards. This is Matthew giving me the write up, by the way, just so you know. Uh, the finish <laughs> for Aaron Hodgson in fifth, uh, Craig Platter ahead of him in fourth, Jason Crawford, uh, well done in third, Max Bevan in second, and a big congratulations to Russell Bones. He uh, who took the trophy on the night? Is that... uh, just for all those who were wondering, Matthew crashed out in the fifteenth lap uh, when he accidentally, uh, with an accidental bump to the rear by Brendan Rattle, uh, saw him roll over and seeing him end his night. Poor guy. So that's Matthew Joy watch for the for the night. Uh, we are sort of started a iRacing, racing locked on iRacing racing um, limited run series in the dirt that he's just checked out. On, they put up on Facebook. So if you are interested, just send me a message. Uh, on any of the places we'll talk about later and um, we can get you into that if you are after some dirt fun. Um, but let's head on to the news and we'll, we'll finish the results there because we are way over, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, like a two and a half hour podcast tonight. Um, quickly, the news. So I, Matthew or Joy, who obviously ran that series, sent me a, a message today just to put some information in there about um the the current uh, official uh for the 305 race at the usa speedway it's a fixed setup the fanatec 305 race uh there's a big thing going on at the moment because they were supposed to have it as a 20 lap race and it's obviously a fixed series so you can't change the setups everyone's running out of fuel on the last lap <laughs> because it's a 25 lap race so 
Um, pretty much uh, happened to him as well. So going around the final final lap, everyone was sputtering and, and people basically losing a chunk of positions because some people could make it and some people couldn't. So um, very interesting stuff up from my racing and well done. Uh, we normally give you the patch notes here, but the patch is tomorrow, so we don't have the notes till tomorrow, unfortunately. Yeah, so we'll patch a, that one up next week. Bit of a delay. Yeah, but we've got some pedals from Fanatec. So what do you think about the pedals? Well, tell us a bit more about the pedals, Braden. Yeah, so Fanatec have come up with a, sort of a revamped version of the CSL um, Elite pedals, by the looks of it. Um, basically sort of coming hot in the heels of the new CSL um, DD um, direct drive wheel announcement. So I guess they're really trying to target that entry-level market at the moment um, as sort of their priority by, the, I suppose, the way their marketing and things are going at the moment. Um, I didn't mind the look of them. I'm not sure if I like the pedal plates or I don't know how you'd describe yeah. them. They're very smooth and bland, <laughs> I guess would be yeah. my sort of description. Um, the, the whole look of them just... Look, I don't want to say cheap, but they just look sort of yeah. ordinary, I guess. And I've got the current CSL Elite load cell pedals, and I don't know, just like the base plate looks a bit thicker and a bit more heavy duty. Um, I, I'm sure they work well, and I haven't really had any problems with my uh, CSL Elite load cells, so I definitely wouldn't say they're not going to be good because I sort of haven't had any problem and they improved my driving. But I, again, I guess it's good for that entry level. But like I've said recently to you guys um, when we've been chatting, I feel like I've reached the end of what the CSL load cells can do for me and I, I need to move up. So um, yeah, I think they definitely will be better than like a Logitech set of pedals or probably a you know, Thrustmaster set of pedals. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it, is it the market they need to be targeting when they kind of already have the same thing out. That would be my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Obviously, so the uh, the look. There's more people getting into it. There's more people on a budget trying to get into it. Mm. I I don't know where this sits as if the people who are going to spend a bit more than the Logitech version of stuff to get into the iRacing wouldn't they just be going to the next step up from that and, and spending a little bit like an actual real amount more rather than just going sort of a, a quarter step? This feels like that quarter step that you don't need to take. <clears throat> so you're, you're either you're either going all in uh, or a fair chunk of the way in or just at the base level, which this is not. So, um, and, and if you are going to upgrade your pedals that you because you've gone to the cheap Logitech version, then this is not where you're going to spend. Like you're not going to spend a little bit to go up. So... I don't know. It's a, it's a strange one, but obviously they've got their ideas that they think there's a market there, so they're going to go for it. Yeah. Um, and I guess the time as the I watch timing with the DD just uh, kind of fits in, I suppose. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's a whole thing that they're aiming for, just a, a trying to go into that that better market. Um, as I sit here and watch both Ryan Jones and Edward Foster go at it again, these guys <laughs> are nose to tail the whole race. It's um, fourth and fifth now they're currently sitting, which is. Um, interesting to watch in the thunder series so like i said this this race is going back and forth it's really really very entertaining stuff so go check it out um that's pretty much all the news um that i think we've got and that pretty much wraps up the podcast for tonight sorry about the long long one again i know you guys have been reaching out and actually saying that you don't mind the long ones that's fine i just don't know whether that 
new. We're trying to get that new section right. The interview stuff we know is 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 gold, and we love it. Uh, and that's that's the the bread and butter of the podcast at the moment. That's where the the main stuff is. But yeah, it's got to get the flow right on that yeah. on that um on on the results and the best way to do it, especially when. Like we've said before, we can't watch a million different things. But I think, hopefully you like the interview with Dave Daniels. Dave Douglas, sorry. I'm having a shock with names, not too many names. I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed that little insert and, and gave a different perspective on it because that kind of stuff we can do fairly easily now going forward. So, uh, Well, thank you, everyone, for your time. I didn't plug anything, but let's go straight to you, Braden. Plug what you got coming up and... and where people can find you mate yeah i'll just plug as well we've got some really good guests coming up over the next few weeks so i think we announced um thomas hins will be on to help us review some scop stuff next week so he's a current scops driver um brady baldwin who we said from the odsc i know he's got a pretty interesting backstory with some real life racing and um you know quite a not great injury i mean he's doing some really good things yeah. with odsc and then aiden schultz as well so uh, just make sure you jump in the Discord and get any questions in that you'd want to ask um, them or would like us to ask them for you. Um, because, yeah, some really cool cool guests coming up and then some even you know, bigger guests, uh, <laughs> hopefully in the future, that we'll be able to announce uh, at some point. When you see the June lineup, wow. <laughs> um, and then, then, yeah, look, I'm really excited. I won't spoil it, but we sort of got someone who was sort of a dream option from the start. We never thought we'd get... Uh, and they've said yes, so uh, pretty excited. But yeah. hit us up, hit up your favorite streamer, hit up your favorite uh, content creator, hit up your favorite racer, and tell them to come on the podcast. Hit us up um, if you are interested. Let us know. Get on the Locked On Lads Facebook or the Discord and, and hit us up. We're happy to to try and fit you in as best we can. Yeah. If you want to find me, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv slash the one Wade. I haven't been streaming the Thursday night races for whatever reason. Probably too petrified after. Uh, indeed to <laughs> be brave enough to expose that to the world but um, I did stream a little bit on Saturday so the streams are a bit sporadic, sporadic at the moment but I'm doing what I can and then uh, if you want to have a chat to me uh, you can always hit me up at, on Twitter at Braden Talks Excellent uh, Quick shout out to Nathan Verney Congratulations on your successful operation too uh, Congratulations on um, hopefully being back to racing soon and hopefully having a little bit better VR headset I know the problem, so we, if you didn't know, a lot of the Aussie car guys got together and donated some money to go towards his new VR because his old VR is absolutely shit and broken <laughs> uh, and he needs to replace it. But we've just found out that that's sprung a whole new issue because now he needs a new computer to go with the new VR. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how bad. Sorry again. But um, no, look, I, I, I'm so happy that it went so well. So look forward to getting you back um, in the Discord and back racing very, very soon. Yeah. Uh, you can find all our content over at LockedOnLads.com. Uh, LockedOnLads.com slash Discord is the way to get into the ever-growing Discord to check out all the cool stuff we've got going on over there. Uh, definitely, we want you guys to start milling around that Discord and getting in there so we can you know, start growing that and, and interact with you guys. Uh, that's what we do it all for. It's not just us trying to, you know, talk to ourselves for an hour or be famous or anything like that it's just about you know bringing the community together and talking to you guys and having some interaction with with everyone because we love it we absolutely love it uh so locked on lads on twitter which has been pretty much dead at the moment because i just haven't been able to do it uh locked on lads on youtube same deal uh, but locked on lads facebook and locked on lads discord are the two places you'll find most of our content right now um 
look out for the Man Cave podcast. There's another podcast from us on the net on the network. Just search up Locked On Lads, the Man Cave as well. You can find my own personal stuff on Twitter at Wilco's Chill Zone, but I don't really do a huge amount of that. You'll see me. I'm the person who posts uh, most of 99% of the Locked On stuff on Facebook. So if you want to interact with me, that is the best place to do it. Um, so yeah, there, there's a few people that have found a, another secret little social accounts that we're not supposed to show yet but um if you found that congratulations uh hopefully we'll be able to show some of that soon <laughs> i did uh, notice that have that a great <laughs> i keep seeing these people uh, liking the page i'm like how do they keep finding this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. someone actually messaged the page i messaged back i'm like hold on that wasn't on the locked on notes one that's interesting um so thank you everyone for making the show so successful so far and, and all the feedback and we will be back next week with the absolutely amazing tom hins We'll have some really good Scops coverage and a whole heap more Anne's car, a whole heap more Aussie car, and a whole heap more of us talking rubbish. So have a great week all and keep racing. Drive safe, drive fast. Drive safe, drive fast.